Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Perfect, perfect. Good evening, Panther Nation. This is your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers podcast, the longest running Panthers podcast on the interwebs. Uh, it's live. It's Tuesday night, 9 p.m., where we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. And when I say the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective, I don't mean anything new this week because there <laughs> is absolutely nothing to talk about. I had to go into the archives <clears throat> to see what we were talking about on this show over the last five years to get some ideas. Tonight's show is... Can we get a Falcons arrest to jumpstart the news cycle? <laughs> this is the time of the year where you don't want to hear anything about your team yeah. because they're either in trouble or getting hurt, and we don't need none of that. So it's, a, it's good that it's a, it's a quiet week, but we'll have some fun things to talk about. We got, uh, oh, look who just popped into the show. The man, the myth, the legend, my co-host, Cody Lashney. How you doing? Tony Dunn, I apologize for being late, but uh, as always, there's nowhere I'd rather be on a Tuesday night than here talking about the Carolina Panthers with my favorite YouTube Panther partners and the most lit Panther fans in all of YouTube. And you already know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Joey the Blind, Panther Esquivel, Craig Carter, Tim Estes, AJ Lindsay and our good friend, you know him, you love him, Tim Tizzy. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. CK in the house, how are you, my man? Oh, you know, um, just hanging out, just living life, just waiting for uh just waiting for life to get just like back to some sense of normalcy, you know? We're almost there. Like I'm just 
We're just all holding our breath, waiting for it. And I'm just waiting for it now. I know. I mean, like, I feel like I am there in a certain way. I mean, it's getting close. It's getting yeah, close. that's what I all mean. Right, yeah. Uh, just kind of like holding your breath a little bit because it's like, it's always like when you're getting ready to finish a project, that last leg is always the hardest. I'm sure sort of like with your fence. Yeah. Yeah. Right when uh, things are getting back to normal, the NCAA makes uh, NC State forfeit. Did you guys hear about the baseball game? No. The, the College World Series. They're going to the College World Series. I think it was the semifinals. Um, the NC State is not was not one of the top-ranked teams. They just got so hot at the end of the season. I hate NC State. I'm an ECU guy. They're right down the road from us. ECU is eliminated by Vanderbilt in the, in the series before. NC State goes up on Vanderbilt two games to none. And then there's a COVID report on the team. They had that play. They only needed to win, win one more game to win the series and, um, and, and move on to the next round. And like the hero story, they made them play. They, well, they only played with 13 men uh, last Thursday or whatever. Like, so they had two, three active pitchers <laughs> there. One of their starting pitchers all season long played first base and went three for three, but it was awesome. But uh, they, they lost that game. And then the next day they had like, they're supposed to play. They get one more chance to win. And they said the NCAA said they had to forfeit because a two minute, like they hit the the moment where COVID, like it was too much, I guess. I don't know. It was like too big of a percentage of the roster, whatever it was. And it was like contact traces, all these testing. But right when you think you haven't heard about it, right, for a while, then something like that happened. So that's uh, that's what made me think about that. Um, tonight's show, guys, uh, we're going to go into the archives of C3 since there are there has been no news i asked the question what the hell were we talking about last year what we at this in this same exact week i went and looked at the last week of june and uh i went all the way back to 2015 we'll see uh the story i want to know uh you know i saw cody in one of his first appearances on the show a young buck coming in uh, Mel Mayock was still on the show. Joey was there that night. You were with me in June of, I think I wrote it, uh, 2018. 2018 yeah. is like yeah. going back that, that far you were on the show. So um, I was and, probably two months into being on the show on a consistent basis. Right. I mean, yeah, that had to have been one of the earliest points. You looked like a baby. We all looked young. Have I aged that much in two years? Oh, shit. I might be fucked, man. No, but uh, no, actually, like everything, uh, the quality of every camera has just increased like nine yeah. million fold. Everything. <laughs> Dude, I, and, I remember and being CK's on that. always making fun of us about how crappy it is right now. You should have seen it in 2015. Oh, I, I, I went back and I watched some of the original, like when you had your, your little headset, like your gaming like headset that you were using, like to actually. Right? Talk and you could just like it was just like it is it was very it's a very different world now i'll tell you oh by the way can i, I know that me and tony right now are rocking the same hairstyle both got the 
Slipback ponytail. Yeah, man. A pony. It's a ponytail. I have I have the opposite. I have hair growing everywhere but there. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, you know what? You make it look damn good, brother. (laughs) Rock that shit. But um, um, and also, I I don't know if uh, if you saw either of you saw this in the Twitter. I know we didn't really get a chance to pregame the show tonight, but uh, I shared that there's a 20 question survey. Uh, done by Joe Person in The Athletic. And it has a lot of really good questions. And I felt like maybe at some point in time, that could be a fun a fun thing to jump into. I also, think that just- needs to be the show. I think that's what we're going to make that the first part of the show. I saw it. Uh, I said, yep. let's do it. Um, and you know what? Right when we get it? powered up. Yeah. Um, right. When, yes, please go ahead and put it up. Um, just go ahead and give a shout out to Avolta if you want to own your own energy. When you're a homeowner in North or South Carolina with no money down, you could add equity to your home by going solar. On top of adding equity, you get to take advantage of all these tax credits. And my man, Kevin Brown, solar consultant for Avolta, Carolina Panthers fan, will take care of you if you mention the C3 Panthers podcast and say, look, I'm a Panthers fan. I heard about Avolta. I want to own my own energy and seek energy independence in this world, you tell Kevin Brown that at 704-215-3373. He'll take care of you. That's 704-215-3373. All right, go ahead and put this. Uh, let's go, let's see what this is. Is that the you would not believe how the dearth of football news that is out there right now, guys. Like, I'm so glad. Thank you for doing this Google form. Right. Uh, Joe Percy. <laughs> right. Cutting edge. Uh, no, this is the stuff that I would do. This is we, we should do things like this. All right. So lead with, us with, off. Yeah. Cody. I'll say this. When the biggest news to happen to the Carolina Panthers is that the guy who won the Super Bowl with the Broncos when we were playing them in 2015 retired, uh, Demarius Thomas, then that's, uh, <laughs> that's the extent yeah. of the Panthers news. Like a guy who played against us in the Super Bowl retired, and he and so he was in that Super Bowl game. Um, I'm pretty sure he was in that game. Their offense was atrocious then. So think about this: is it's been a long time since I mean, and Demarius Thomas was a really a badass wide receiver for like a four year stretch, but that seems that's like a million years ago now, right? Yeah, it feels like <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. That is the top storyline is Demarius Thomas retiring and people are like man I thought that happened two years ago (laughs) (laughs) oh man I remember when uh, I remember when he got when he left the Broncos and he went to the Saints I remember me arguing with a buddy of mine he was like he was like oh Demarius Thomas could have done so much for this team I'm like he's on the back end of his career bro he's not like he's not like he benefited from having a fantastic quarterback uh and and Peyton Manning but you know anyway go ahead (laughs) Yeah. So right, this uh, tell us the athletic, uh, which I'm a subscriber to the athletic. I should actually, we should have put a link up because if like uh, you get somebody to subscribe with your name, they give you like five bucks off next year. Anyway, uh, not getting that five bucks here, but we're giving a shout out to the athletic and Joe Person. Thank you for giving us for something to talk about. Tell us what we're talking about, Cody. Yeah, and I want everyone in the chat room to participate in this along with us. 
what I figured we would do is go through each and every one of these 20 questions. It's a 20-question survey. And just kind of take the temperature of what we think of this football team right now. I know a lot of people are hopeful about Sam Darnold. Some people not so much. Some people think our offensive line is going to suck again. Some people are kind of optimistic. And I think that at a time when there's no news, this just kind of represents a good a good temperature check. So I'm going to ask these questions to both of you and everyone in the chat room. Uh, let us know what what you're thinking, and um, uh, we'll, we'll kind of go forward and, uh, you know, kind of put in our answers and just kind of see what – I don't know what happens when you click the answers yet, so I don't know if it will tell you, like, what most people have clicked on or not. But, you know, nonetheless, I think it will just be fun for us to kind of – go through. And I think the first question is kind of almost best saved for last, but they decide to lead with it. And that's how many games will the Panthers win in 2021? We have less than six, six or seven, eight or nine, 10 or 11, or 12 or more. Let's see what Uh, the chat room has to say about this, because this is tough because like the, you know, everybody's going to chime in. Like the most common is going to be ten or eleven or eight or nine, right? Because because this is a Panther fan show, right? The the pessimistic ones of the bunch are going eight or nine. <laughs> the optimistic ones are going ten or eleven. Six or seven, we're questioning you if you're a fan type thing. I'm going eight or nine. How about this? If you're in the chat room and you say above. Uh, above or if you say below eight or nine, tell us a little bit why you think so, or just in general, no matter what, give us a little brief synopsis on on uh, why you think so while we kind of bounce this uh amongst each other. And Look then at I'll this. Throw Nova some Black in. saying 10 plus, we got 12. I'm not and mad five. at that. I'm not seven, mad at 10 Tizzy coming in there, 17 and uh, this is exactly how you guys should be thinking. By the Eight way, or nine man, for G me. Cavassier right here in the chat room, yeah. too. What's up, G? Shout out to you. Uh, my brother Vince says seven would be impressive. Shane Welch says eight or nine. And then again, uh, C3 legend Nova Black says 10 plus. And of course, 10 Tizzy, ever the Panther fan. Ever the Panther so, fan FSU about to come in here and do the same thing. He's gonna be like 17, like we're gonna be 19 22. and 0. We're gonna be 19 and 0. We're gonna get that 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 Super Bowl ring this year. All right, so CK, what, what say you, man? I mean, again, things can change. Uh by the way, also to update some news from last Tuesday, uh, I found out that we're going to be doing uh joint uh practices with the Indianapolis Colts and the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Ravens are coming to Charlotte, and the Panthers are going to Indy. So we get to be the road team and the home team a little bit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, CK, uh, you know, things can change. But right now, based on what we've done in the offseason, based on our draft, what's the temperature, man? How are you feeling? I mean, I, I don't think – I think we have a pretty middle-of-the-pack schedule. Like, our schedule isn't overwhelming. Um, I think we have a lot of question marks. I don't think the the Buccaneers are going to be a repeat uh, of what Ooh. they were last year. Um, even though they kept their team exactly the same, guess who else kept their team, team almost identical to what it was the year before the Panthers in 2016, and that didn't go so well. Um, I don't think – I think you're going to start to see some slide back on that. So I, 
Like I think it's just because of the seventeen game season. Um, I'd say the ten and ten or eleven is actually probably a good number to go with because it's not honestly. That's basically the the nine and seven of of last year. Okay, that's that's a that's a good answer, and I, I think I kind be... of agree with you too about Tampa Bay maybe taking a, a step back, Tony. Are you gonna? What do you have to? What are you gonna have to win to be in the playoffs this year? You know, is that like you? You know, you saw eleven and five teams in the AFC last year not make it. I'd say probably eleven and six, twelve and five. Because remember, this year it's another game. We're getting an extra right. game, so right. I, I think that's probably sideshow. Bob says, yeah, I think uh, 10, ten. You're seven. St- like I think ten and seven, and you're kind of like wild card hoping right there. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. Can, uh, I just don't know what to think about from our division. Honestly, like I, I think ten and seven for a lot of other divisions. Sure, I don't know that the I don't know that I see uh, a team in 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 New Orleans that's going to you know challenge for the NFC South division title this year without Drew Brees leading the pack. Um, they may have Sean Payton, but they do not have a guy who is as cerebral as Drew Brees was. Um, I don't care who what you say. No matter who learns behind Drew Brees, Drew Brees knew more about the game than any of their options on the field right now. Um, and then you look at, uh, at over at Atlanta where they lost their, their, their star wide receiver and Julio Jones and gained a guy who might be able to replace them and Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, so I don't, I, I don't know really what to expect from them. I think they're still not necessarily on the, on the upward swing there in Atlanta. Um, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like I said, I think they're the team to beat, but I don't believe they're as go- going to be as powerful as they were last year. Yeah, that's a great point. I think with all of the unknowns about the Carolina Panthers at this point, it, you know, it, the, other than Tampa Bay returning seemingly everyone, uh, you know, the the division outside of Tampa, it really seems like kind of anyone's division. You yeah. know, it does seem like uh, any one of these teams could end up competing even for a wild card even. Um, I, the, tell me if this makes sense to either of you. And to anyone in the chat room who might disagree, tell me if you think I'm off base with this. Like, I don't want to be anywhere near six or seven or eight or nine. I either want 10 wins or more, or I want six or less. Like, I don't want to do, and I, I feel like I've been consistent over the years on this. I'm done being a middle of the pack fucking football team. I either want the premium draft pick, or I want us to be a playoff contender. And I, I really do think right now, as funny as it is, the Panthers could kind of be either or. I feel like it, the the answer is more likely to be 10 or 11 or less than six than we are a middle-of-the-pack football team. I think the Carolina Panthers 2021 team is a bang-bust football team. It's either all going to come together in a perfect storm, and all these things are going to come together, like Joe Brady, Terrace Marshall, Shai Smith, Sam Darnold finally turns the next page and actually becomes a franchise quarterback, or uh, you know all the problems that we all kind of foresee plaguing us are going to come up and really be a real issue. If this offensive line hasn't taken a legitimate step forward, that's going to be a problem. Um, If our defense can't protect against deep passes in the NFC South, where we have Calvin Ridley, Michael Thomas, you know, now we have Kyle Pitts in the division, you know, there's some really big question marks. And I think if, if things go well for us, 
they're going to go super well. Like, not just kind of well. I think we have the potential to be a dominant football team. If not, I think we're going to be a bottom-of-the-barrel football team and we're going to be talking about trying to upgrade the quarterback position again. Poor Cody. Poor, poor Cody is going to be so disappointed when we just hit a decent shot down the fairway with Sam Darnold. With like, I mean, with a younger, still a young defense. Uh, don't do some it. Question. Dude, this team does not have the depth. The only thing, the only way this is going to work out, they're too, they got too much talent, uh, too much youthful talent to just lose out. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? The kids are playing hard. They're going to make some plays and some different things like that. We're one of the youngest teams in the league. But we don't have the depth yeah. or even the presence of mind to like really to to be anything like I won't say to be anything fantastic, but I don't even know if we have the cogs to like if we had a couple of veterans that we could that could rally these young kids and put them in some good positions. We don't even have any of those. Like well, so, this is a five or six win team in the last season, like with the 17, 16 games. And now we're seven or eight, nine, two, like, and if it's better than that, it's not going to be, but so much better than that. And right. if it's worse than that, it's not going to be, but so much worse than that. Well, you know, let me they will this. be better than last year's jets. No problem. Well, and they will be equivalent to last year's team. I would say is fair. You remember how in 2015 we brought in Jared Allen when it was kind of, uh, Charles Johnson went down, got hurt, and we kind of brought in some veterans once we kind of saw, whoa, this team that no one expected to be atop the NFC has all of a sudden come out of nowhere. Cam Newton played Greg- the best football that he's ever played. Greg Olson was absolutely incredible. It's like, it, you know, if it's possible that all things start to fire on all cylinders, like I'm kind of saying they might, I wonder if we see uh, Scott Fitterer say, you know what, I kind of need to take some cues from the past and see what free agent guys are, are still out there. Because believe it or not, right now, the Panthers do still have some free agent dollars to spend. So I think mm. us. Maybe- I don't think we have any pillars that are guaranteed other than right now we want to see Brian Burns become that. But he still is going to have to take a step forward, not step forward, but he's got to just do it again. Right. Like if he replicates what he did last year and that kind of pace and things like that, then he's going to become that type of leader on the offensive side of the ball. I guess you're going to have to say it's Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, and that's it. Like he wasn't even with the team last year, hardly. What do you? I mean, I mean, DJ Moore is like twenty-two years old, and he you're gonna call him the old hat of the bunch. Yeah, I, well, we now, don't even I mean, we don't have a Greg Olson, yeah. we don't have a Thomas Davis, we don't have a Luke Keekley, and actually, in the twenty sixteen show uh, from the last week of June. Um, a lot of talk about how the presence of those veterans like Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis helped the younger kids of Trey Ball, like Trey Boston, Ben A. Ben Wickery that year succeed and be in positions of success. So that's why I don't think we're going to be. Gr- I hope we're great. 
I hope it is something special. But do we really have a lot that's, that indicates that it's going to be really, really bad or really, really good? It's going to be screw with Cody and get Fuck him an eight. That, yeah, yeah, we're going to get the eight pick. That, in the draft. Nope. Listen, I am, a, I am a conscious creator. I do not claim that reality. That is not the present that I am bringing into my now moment, Tony Dunn. You can't tell me different. I think this football team is going to bang or bust, and that's my All official right. prediction. It's going to be Let's go to the next big question. time. It's going to be a big time season, or we're going to be fucking depressed as hell. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and just click one of these just for the sake of seeing what happens. What do you want to say? Uh, the fan, to- they want 10 or 11. Which, okay. well, let's do 12 or more. Come on. Let's just do 12 or more. 12 or more. All right. We'll go 12 or more. All right. This is a good one. What And this has specific answers to yep. what needs to happen for this season to be considered a success. Win more games than last year's five. Finish with a winning record. Make the playoffs. Advance to the divisional round. Now, this is an interesting question because it's like a measure of what you think success is. And I kind of already answered this like just now. But uh, what say you to the chat room and to Tony and CK? What is your indicator of success? Win more than five, just have a winning record, make the playoffs, or advance to the divisional round? I say winning record. Yeah, which is – that's a nine. You got to win nine then, right? Um, Yeah. 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 I mean, here's the thing. would be a winning record. Yeah. yeah, because you would have you would be nine and I mean you could be nine and eight. You so know, that's a the, successful season to you, Tony, a nine win season. No, Cody, I I believe that it's a success because when's the last time we had a winning season? Hmm. Well, twenty seventeen. It's almost a half a decade since we've had a, a winning season. Okay, yeah. I'm seeing a lot of that in the chat too. Craig Carter. Can said I that. can I pick a measurement of success that isn't up here? Sure. Uh, Sam Darnold works. But what does that mean? Tell me what that means. Be more specific. What does that mean? I think. What does work? Well, one is that we see um, some of the fears of his like being broken, being been alleviated. Right. Is that like, I mean, I want to see that the yips aren't, you don't have the yips in the head. Some progression. Right. Is that like if I want him to be one of the better aspects of our team, despite what we are, we could be say we're 11 and five, 11 and six. Right. And we did, if we did, we went 11 and six and we did it just by holding everybody to 10 points and Sam Darnold just hold, uh, hands the ball off to Chris McCaffrey and he runs for 2 billion yards and somehow we get 11 wins out of that. I'm going to say boo to that because Sam Darnold turned out to not be a positive reason towards that success, right? On the other hand, if we finish with five wins and it's because our defense gives up 40 points a game. Um, You know, there's like a lot of injuries and then Sam Darnold is kind of heroic in those, the actual games we did play. Then I'll say, Hey, he's part of the solution, not the problem. So if, if Sam Darnold is part of the solution 
not the problem. That's a work for me. That's a that's a that's my measurement of success this year. Because if it's not, if he's the pro, if he's part of the problem, we're back to square one. Solution. We're back to what you're talking about. We're talking about this, and now we're gonna have to talk about the draft picks. We're gonna have to talk about why we didn't get Justin Fields. We're gonna have to look to be like, oh well, Cam's either doing great or bad. Like we're gonna have to have that same damn conversation. So that is my measurement of success. Certainly, I I I can I can one hundred percent uh respect that that mindset as well because it's exhausting not having a good quarterback like it is oh, yeah it is. and then we'll have to look at teddy bridgewater so too we'll have to be like it's oh god bad. what no it's having bad. no having these uh what terrible quarterback what's the case oh yeah like, i know it sucks. It sucks. It's, a, it's a blessing to have right. that i mean you don't know it it's like your health <laughs> you don't right. know how important it is till you don't got it, right? Yeah. You don't appreciate you it. Take advantage you of it. it until it's not there anymore. Yeah. And again, right, I wear so- my I wear my Panther fandom on my sleeve. I don't make any uh, you know, any misnomers about when I started my Panther fandom. Cam Newton brought me to the Panthers and is what made me re-fall in love with football. So, you know, I, I don't remember the the Jimmy Clausen days when we didn't have, like I, I followed football. I knew of him. I knew what was going on, but I didn't love football then like I do now. So like not having Cam Newton these past few years, it's been like a weird purgatory, man. Like not having a quarterback that you believe in. It's, it's foreign territory to me, you know, and no one can call me a damn bandwagon fan either because my cripple ass isn't going anywhere. I love my Panthers and we just got to see this through and we're all hoping that can we, uh, Sam Darnold can we just, is the man. Can we just fill this whole form out and put the most optimistic answer in for everyone? Yeah, advance to the divisional <laughs> like a, round. But, okay, I never, I didn't, I didn't give my answer though. I'll make it quick. I say, and I think you already kind of get this. My answer is make the playoffs. Like if we're not in the playoffs, then that means we're not a contender. We're another middle of the pack football team that's picking in the middle of the draft and has to depend on another damn good free agency and a bunch of other things to go correct. And I'm I'm tired of that. I don't want middle of the road. I think even if we have a, a winning record, like yeah, it's better than than what we know. But or what we know recently, but we're striving to be a perennial contender. Like we have to have high beliefs and high hopes for lack of a better term. So no, just winning and not doing anything with it. Um, and I think also if we have an even record, a 500 record, kind of what you were talking about, Tony, that kind of indicates to me that Sam Darnold didn't right. pan out to be the kind of player that we thought he was going to be. So that's why, to me, even a winning season, that's not successful because that doesn't answer the big question of did the Panthers fix their quarterback position because it probably says that we didn't. Let's put make the playoffs. Let's do it. And uh, I think that, though, like the what I would put in parentheses, if we could make a comment on that, is just say, or be on the playoff bubble discussion. Right, because if you're 11 and six and you don't make the playoffs, we're gonna be pretty happy still. We'll measure right. measure that as a, a success, right? If you have like you know, and you just Tampa just won 17 games, and you know you just 
That's probably the one exception, huh? Right. Like, That's like the if only a, one. If a damn good record like that still isn't enough to put you over, then yeah, that sucks. But right, because the on the other hand, you don't want to say is making the playoffs is all could be misleading too, because we've done it. We did in 2014 with a losing record. The Redskins True. did it last year. So in that could on a that's kind of a bizarre example of making the playoffs not actually being a sign of success. All right, what's next? Uh, I kind of filled this in, but I, I don't know who would answer longer than this. How long before the Panthers get back to the Super Bowl? Three years or less? Four to five? Six to ten years? Eleven to twenty? Not in my lifetime. What kind of Panther fan doesn't think that they're going to hope to see a Super Bowl in their lifetime? Like, God, what kind Someone of Someone from Cleveland? Yeah, what kind of depressing Someone asshole? from, you know, I mean. Dude, uh, what did uh, uh, Richard Pryor tell uh, Chris Rock to tell Bill Cosby? Have a coke and a smile and shut the fuck up. (laughs) If if you don't believe the Panthers are going to have a Super Bowl in your lifetime, you need to find another pastime, bro. Or a new team. Yeah, or or a brand new team. Yeah, just just go ahead and jump the wagon, dude. Because, I mean, like, what else are you going to be thriving for to see your team making the, you know, making that move to that, that, uh, you know, making that move to, to, to hopefully get that Super Bowl? That's what we all are Panthers fans for. Is we're waiting for that moment. Like that is it. And uh, but yeah, I, if I can go first, I'll answer this. I think sure. it's a. I think it's a a six to ten year. Ooh. Oh God! Really, six to ten years before the Panthers get it. All so, right. All right. Uh, I have a question about this question. That's related I'll tell you to why here. Last question. Uh, so we're talking about my measurement of success. Then we're talking about making the playoffs a success. If we answer three years or less, we have to, we kind of have to agree. The odds are that Sam Darnold worked. Matt rule and his staff took fire and these young bucks turned into big studs in the next two, you know, right. JC horns, like, defensive player of the year type shit right right if we answer four to five we believe that a lot of those young players are going to succeed and turn into studs again jc horn in four or five years being player of the year so like defensive player of the year uh Derek brown maybe signing with the team and still being good whatever it is but if we answer six to ten years here we're talking new coach. We're talking where I would say oh. I would I would guess it would be a new coach. And I would say we'd be two to three quarterbacks down the road by that point. Yeah. So, so I'm going to say three years or less me personally, because I got to wish this Sam Darnold mess into existence, even though I understand the people who believe it's not going to happen. I mean, I like there's a lot of reasons why it shouldn't happen. And chat for room, my, let me see those predictions too. In the my chat. real answer, though, in theory, is I think four to five just means it would be a different quarterback. But all right, uh, CK, tell us why you say six to ten. I mean, there's there's a it bit feels more like a spin. prison sentence, bro. Yeah, I feel it, like he just condemned us. Like he's the judge that just said, "You guys got six to ten, homie. I don't know yet. You better be <laughs> on your best behavior. It'd be ten if I don't like your the way you're looking at me." Well, I'm I interested feel- in hearing your reasoning. I feel like there's a couple of uh, moving parts to this. 
Um, I think one of them is going to be being able to draw free agents in that are actually of good quality that, uh, you know, and I don't know that Sam Darnold is going to be the guy that is going to draw that type of attention. But also once we get this practice facility and this like new headquarters in place, I think that's going to be a draw for free agents and that's not happening to get us to the Super Bowl in the next three years. Um, and, uh, and so I think that there's, there's a couple of moving parts to it. Um, I don't necessarily think that it has more to do with rule than anything. I, I, I think rule could very well still be the coach. I just, I right now, like I'm a, I'm a statistical person. And if you think about two teams make the Super Bowl every year, that means, do you believe the Panthers are going to make the Super Bowl this year? Right. Well, you should probably say 11 to 20. Well, you're right. No, no, I don't think. Well, either. so uh, we can kind of tie the next question into this because the next question is what is your confidence level in Matt Rule? And I kind of feel like if if CK is right, if it's six to ten years before we get to another Super Bowl, in order for Matt Rule to still be the coach at that time, he has to have at least – one or an two NFC seasons. championship appearance or well, something well, like at that. least where they look like and demonstrate to be uh competitive contenders in the playoffs or even deep in the playoffs right because if it's six to ten years later that means what matt rule is probably on contract number two and he was already signed to a seven-year deal um so i think that's kind of what blends into our next question what is your confidence level in matt rule very confident he'll eventually get this franchise back to the Super Bowl. Confident, I expect the team to be much better in the second season. Somewhat confident, still wondering if he's a better fit at the college level or not confident. David Tepper needs to start looking for his next coach. Um, this is an interesting one. And again, I'll just kind of uh, let whoever wants to jump on it first uh, jump in. My answer is B. I'm confident. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would agree. Um, I'm conf- optimistically confident. I expect the team to be much better this in in his second season. I thought that he was again not at the top li- top of the reasons for our problems last year. I thought he was part of the solution last year, not part of the problem. Um, and I thought Joe Brady in a second year at offensive as offensive coordinator. I think them getting more time to work with the players. I think them, and like anyone, I would say this, is they demonst- they demonstrated competency to me last year. And now, after they've gotten their feet wet, they've gotten some experience, I expect them to take a step forward, yeah. right? Not to regress. And so, actually, the pressure is kind of on, is, is, is mounting more on him now than it was last year. Because if we are getting back to normalcy a little bit, um, we want to see what the normal look for Matt Rule is going to be, and we want to see it better to better, better each year. All right. So here's my my like I, I want to make this point. Are you confident in Matt Rule? Are you a, are you confident in what we have? Um, because of like as far as an entire coaching staff, um, one of the reasons I'm saying six to ten years on this uh, on that first question on the question previously is. I think we all would agree this year we all are confident that the team is going to be better. We're probably going to perform better than we did last year. Um, and, you know, Sam Darnold isn't going to be, you know, seen as a crap 
you know, quarterback. I think Joe Brady is going to be able to build an offense that makes him look like he's a better quarterback, even if he isn't. Right? Would we all agree on that? Yeah, I mean, that, I don't think it's outlandish. Yeah. So that means Joe Brady will not be here next year. Yeah, I. Uh, I again, this is tough to me, man, because like so much of it is is dependent. Like if if even if we're a better football team, yeah, I still don't know if you know now all of a sudden a thirty-two year old uh, Brady who marginally turns around. Sam Darnold is the hot coach that he once was with, with LSU. That's why I go back to saying this is a boomer bust team. Like I, I almost see it as impossible for this team to be middle of the road. Like there's so much young talent. There's so much potential in our coaching ranks that it's either this is going to be big or it's going to flame out. And I think confident is probably the most logical answer. Cause if you say very confident, you're depending on something that you haven't seen yet to, to to be there. Like, what would make you so confident to say that, yeah, he's definitely going to get us to a Super Bowl. Right now, there's still too much proving to be done. Like, there's still... Uh, you can't you know, mark A you, without yeah, just saying we just are blind, you know, rose-colored glasses. Like, it would be different if, if we were almost, or even a playoff team, Last year in Matt Rule's first year, then we'd be like, okay, this dude's clearly fucking got something going on. But but that not being the case, I, I just think that it's, you know, unless maybe you want to say somewhat confident, because again, which leads into the next question about Sam. I'm Barnum. okay with somewhat confident. The only reason I did not answer that is the back end of the sentence. Which is because I don't need to, at this point, it's not his college, if he's a better fit or college or not. I just need to see if he's good or not. You know, is that like, I mean, is that, yes, he's had two or three winning seasons in college, but that doesn't mean that he's like going to go back into cut. Like if he fail, fails in the NFL, they're just going to all of a sudden hit the ground running. I need, I mean, I, I would say somewhat confident because of what I saw last year, but there's still, like you said, so much to be proven. That's why I said confident because it wasn't yeah. a shit show. It wasn't a shit show. So nope. I like that. It really wasn't. Let's, let's move on here. Cause we still got a bunch of good questions that are relevant to everything that we're talking about. Uh, what was Sam Darnold being Carolina? This is the talk of the Panthers off season, isn't it? Uh, franchise quarterback. He's going to experience a renaissance now that he's out of New York. Dependable starter can be a playoff quarterback in Joe Brady's system, but not a Super Bowl QB. Journeyman feels like Teddy Bridgewater all over again, or mm. backup quarterback. The NFL's lowest rated passer in 2020 should be a clipboard holder. Now, I won't take long on this. I'll kind of answer first. I feel like any one of these could still be true. Like, yes, yeah, yeah, all of yes. There is no. This them, is there's no evidence to suggest that any one of these could be false, right? I, I feel franchise quarterback isn't outlandish because so many people feel like, man, if he finally puts together all the talented things that we know Sam can do, there's no reason why he couldn't be a franchise quarterback. That's why he was drafted number three overall and was being talked about as the number one pick. But then on the other hand, like these next two also feel like 
if you're in any way, even a little bit optimistic, you believe that both of these are possible, that even if he doesn't turn in to be a dependable starter, he has to be at least capable of doing whatever the fuck it was that Bridgewater was doing last year. Right. And then the for the backup thing, if you just look at what Sam Darnold has accomplished thus far in his NFL career, why wouldn't you think that that's yeah. the resume what, what of a backup been? quarterback? <laughs> exactly. 100%. So all of these could be true. It's basically a question of how much are you an optimist of what Sam Darnold can be in Carolina. Cody, which one is the most outlandish though? I think like the, what are the the least odds are on which one? Like if you're gonna put the odds on this, what which would be the longest odds? The longest odds I think is a backup quarterback. And that's only because now the amount of upgrades that Sam has from the coaches to the weapons to the fans to the environment, it's such a steep upgrade that, in my opinion, he would have to be pretty bad if he was only ever able to be a backup quarterback after having all that talent around him. What are the next longest odds out of the four? Probably a franchise quarterback, right? That's what this means. Eight or nine wins. Uh, That's what this means. Eight or nine wins. Damn you, man. Uh, (laughs) I'm thinking right now I'm going to put journeyman is my vote for this. Really? Okay. I don't want it to be, but like, I mean, like I'm just kind of now I'm trying to get the question right rather than what I want it. I don't know. Are we trying to get the question right? What we think? Dude, I feel this is all probably just how you right. feel. Journeyman for me. Um, CK, CK? what you? I think he's going to be a dependable starter. All right. All right. And that's probably eight what and, I would eight, say. Nine. Eight and nine. We're at nine and eight. No, 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 no. Dependable starter is still – dependable starter is Tannehill. Uh, how about this? And I love this. And, yeah, I'm so glad. Demetrius Miller said this too. If Darnold is Tannehill, I'm going to be happy. And honestly, if that's what we're able to get, if Sam Darnold is able to make a Tannehill kind of leap, in my mind, that would say to me that he's a dependable starter. Now, I don't like that last bit of the sentence, but not a Super Bowl quarterback, because I think we've seen much lesser quarterbacks than Ryan Tannehill win the Super Bowl. So, you know, I I think – that last line is a little yeah, bit Yeah, but off, like but- Alex Smith, that kind of puts that, – that means like the Alex Smith conversation, the Ryan Tannehill conversation. Eli Manning, he won two Super Bowls, but he's never blown the doors off of – He When he was young, he was a lot better. Like he in came into some good teams. Yeah, and like I- he wasn't – as awful he got I mean, we so can, bad at the end you can also put this into i mean not to again go back to this season but in the year that the broncos won the super bowl peyton manning was the dependable starter if not a journeyman type of a quarterback if, if he would have continued to play after that he would not have been a franchise cute nobody would have put him in that category if there were only four categories to put him in at that point um, so, I mean, he, he, they still won with him not losing the game for his squad. Yeah. Right. Josh Horace says Donald, even if he pans out, won't be the reason 
we won the Super Bowl. And well, I think that's well, you true. Can, no uh, you what. could probably say that too about the Tennessee Titans if they win this year. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, but, you would be like, oh, it's like uh, Derrick Henry or Julio. They added Julio. I like uh, Tennessee. There's two teams. Buffalo did it last year. You know, is if you see that your team is legit, like uh, needing a step, I don't mind the team taking uh, the risk at the, in the moment. Don't be the 2015 Panthers. Um, next, how long before Joe Brady is a head coach? This is yeah. We already talked about this a little bit. CK kind of touched on it. One year, the latest offensive wonder can we've been going after the season. Two or three is coming, but he needs to improvise in red zone and two-minute situations, or it's not happening. Some guys are better suited as offensive play callers. I think nobody is going to answer that last one, right? Like at least, at least at this point in time, there is no. There is no I, if you take the back end of that sentence off every time it's the second sentence, like because it's not happening, yeah. could actually be a legitimate. I feel like thing. I feel like it's Joe like, Person so is. I feel like he's trying to set us up. I think he's setting us up to have like to be able to have an article. Panthers fan believe that Joe Brady will never be an offensive coordinator or a head coach. Like, like, like you know better I mean? suited like, to be an offensive play caller no, right, exactly uh, or that everybody is like panther fans think they're going to win the super bowl joe brady's going to be the next greatest coach and uh matt rule is you know Vince right. Lombardi. um i don't know i guess i'm gonna say i think it's um i'm gonna say that there's A, B, and C, but there should be a D. Like, I think it should be like three to seven years, four to seven years. True. Look at Eric B. Enemy. Still, you know, he's been talked about for a long time, still hadn't gotten it. Yeah, I think two to three is the sensible answers. Again, and this is just going on. Me and Joe Brady are the same age, man. Like, we're both 31 years old. That's a baby in terms of. If he uh, waited of, of seven NFL. more years, he would still be very he, young. He'd still be very <laughs> Like waited, 10 more waited, years, he would yeah, be still very if young he waited for a head 15 coach. 15 years, he would be relatively young. You know, it's like, it's not, you know what I mean? Like, not, yes. like he would, yeah. So that's why I think. Um, it's like, not happening then. In my mind, two to three years is the, out of these answers. Two to three is the only logical answer of the right. two. You can't necessarily say it's guaranteed to blow up after this year, and right. you can't say that it's not happening either. So right. um, moving on, what grade would you give the Panthers offseason free agency and draft? Uh, it goes A, B, C, D, and F. This is this is interesting. So um, I'll go I, first. I, I just think – Yeah, I was going to oh, say B ahead. also um, just because I think that this – like, you know, we did a lot of trading back. So even though outside of J.C. Horn, we might not have one Wowser draft pick. We might not have one Wowser free agent pick. But they're all players that you can see turning out to be real um, uh, producers on this football team. Like real yeah. role players where they may not be the core of the football team, but if they're out, then it's like it makes a real difference that they're gone. So, for example, Hassan Reddick, uh, I think it is the, the type of signing that you're like, man, you want that guy on the field, you know? Um, and I think a lot of that's true for our uh, our uh, our draft. Uh, J.C. Horn is a much-needed corner for Carolina, but a lot of the guys were traded down for and 
you know, guys that were passed up on by other football teams. And frankly, guys that we still have a lot of questions on. We don't know if uh, Brady Christensen is going to be a legitimate offensive lineman for us. We don't know if Daquan Jones is going to be a starting uh, defensive lineman. There's just a lot of questions. I think B is is reasonable because I think it's better than average, but it's not like a premier free agent draft class like, say, maybe Tampa Bay had. What would have taken it uh, to an A for you? (sighs) If I felt like we came away with a surefire starting left tackle and a surefire starting corner, and I feel like right now— If we would have gotten Deshaun Watson before the shit turned out. Well, even then, like that might have been a B if we got a talented player but lost a ton of other players and picks for Deshaun. You know what I mean? That's kind of at my average out. If we still came into this season with no starting corner or no starting left tackle um, because we gave away every pick we had this year for Deshaun Watson. We don't even have a starting left tackle now. But we have a potential starting left yeah. tackle is the thing. Ooh, like that's terrifying. Yeah, like we Ooh. have any, any of the any of the left tackles you have on the on the team right now are potential <laughs> starting left tackles, right? Yeah, like, yeah. But like you can talk about Christensen, and you know you can talk about these guys. But you know the reason that I say that is like, if 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 you look at it from the perspective of what Cody's saying is like you trade for a really good quarterback, but you're still in the exact same position everywhere else, are you really in a better spot? I think right now we took a very balanced approach as we move forward here. Like, and that I do like that. Um, I don't know that we could have even possibly gotten a better, like an A. I just, I think there are certain circumstances that exist that makes it next to impossible to actually get an A unless some miracle stuff happened then, you know, I, I really don't know what we could have done differently than to make it an A. I don't know. If we could have gotten another offensive lineman earlier, it would have been a B plus. You're right. An A, an A would have been us nailing the left tackle in the top eight yeah. of the draft. Like, uh, we would have gotten a guy that went to Detroit or whatever. But uh, it's a B for me, and the reason it's a B, and, and the optimistic side is Hassan Reddick. The Hassan Reddick is a one-year ball out young player who might even be on the team beyond one year. Yeah. You know, I, I thought that was a a way for this defense to stay young, get better without mortgaging uh the the money that we had to do it. Right. So we got a great play we got a guy at a good price. Um, um the the other thing is I do think in our in um in free agency we went very need heavy, right? So I like some of those things. Like so it's okay with that. Uh and I will say is that I'm I'm giving the Darnold trade kind of the B side of a trade rather than the C D side, not because of who he is. That actually might average out this number lower. But I did like the idea that the Carolina Panthers, despite having money invested in Teddy Bridgewater, having kind of staked their claim with Teddy Bridgewater, they made some sort of decisive move. Whether it's the right one or not, I don't know yet. Uh, And if it isn't, then this B will quickly go to a C or a D. Yeah. 
because yeah. then the draft would have been a ter- would have been terrible and all of that. So I'm saying B because we got enough done to make our team better, but the jury is still out on a lot of it. Yeah, and uh I, I pretty much echo that sentiment, you know. Uh before we move on, it's that time again. There are 41 people watching. There are 13 likes. CK, what do we do here, man? Motherfucking subscribe machine. Send those people. Hit the thumbs up, damn it. We're here talking about football. There's nothing else Panther-related going on, but we're here bullshitting with y'all because there's nothing we'd rather be doing. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the notification bell. Make sure you subscribe so that way you know every time we go live, you can come and check out what we're doing and hang out with the boys. Let's continue. Yeah, This is the easiest question out of all of them. Finally, yeah. we got a question that like there is an answer to this. Sure, which would be the fo- which former player would be the toughest to replace? Teddy Bridgewater, Curtis Samuel, Mike Davis, Russell Okung, Trey Boston, or Russell Douglas? Now let's do it like this: on the count of three, Tony and CK both say your answer, and I'll say it too. On the count of three, let's see if we're all on the same page. One, one, two. two. Three. Curtis, Curtis Samuel. Samuel. What? what? <laughs> Curtis Samuel. We drafted two wide receivers. What are you talking about? But hey, about Curtis the, Samuel? the hard part is to replace the production that Curtis yeah, Samuel had. Dude. Guys, we have you finally no saw point. Curtis Samuel be yeah. who you said dude, he was. Y'all have- got up here and told me this man was going to be so fucking awesome for so long and this and that. And it took all that time for us to truly see it you cannot be like oh terrence marshall marshall's gonna step in Bro, and be the next bu- playing, bu- bu- bu. who is playing free safety for us someone please tell me who is justin burris be our, our, our starting free safety? i but, can argue that terrence marshall has a much higher ceiling than curtis samuel ever had Oh like, my God! You cannot. 100%. You got on this show. Ohio, you what, got on this Tony, show and just went on and on about uh, Curtis Samuel. I can you tell you used how. to just chug and chug the Curtis right. Samuel. You know what? And now you're trying to be like, oh, not that big of a deal. Just no, because West we Roker. didn't Look. give Curtis Samuel the type of environment to develop him. One of the main criticisms about Curtis Samuel at Ohio State was they used him as a running back uh, just as much as they did a, a receiver. Terrace Marshall is already a skilled route running receiver who lines up at all the different receiver positions. Like, and, and, this and is your draft bias. This is your draft bias, bro. This is your. I promise you, your draft bias. Who's going to have a better season this year, as a Curtis Samuel or Terrence Marshall Jr.? Who's going to have okay. more? But wait, wait, can I make one more? Who's going to have better season? But can I make one more point that's relevant to the question? No, because even, this is no, bullshit. This it, is bias. Listen, even if you believe that Curtis Samuel is better than Terrence Marshall and Shai Smith, it means that we have two players that have the potential to replace him. We have no idea who Shai is Smith be will not have more. Us. I bet you Shai Smith will not have more than 20 receptions all season. Here's uh, okay. Here's the part that I the you reason take I'm it? saying this. You want to take the bet? More than 20 receptions? Yeah. 
He yeah, won't yeah, for sure. Winning. I'll take that bet. Yeah, more uh, than twenty for sure. All right, all right. So my question here, and the reason that I'm going with Kurt Co. is I do believe it's a little bit easier to replace production of a wide receiver, right? Trey Boston wasn't like a gangbuster safety for us last year. Like he, he, a lot of times he was a liability in our secondary. So replacing him is as simple as find, signing a, a free agent. Just off finding the Josh, getting yeah. Josh from Mass to step in. There. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I like I said, I loved Trey Boston and the energy he brought to the team. It was very similar to like the energy you saw with you know Thomas Davis, like always just super, you know, super enthusiastic and everything like that. His skill level level never matched what Thomas Davis did. Like at any point, like he was always, he could, he could make some tackles, but he was caught as a liability in a lot of those games that we had, even on a defense that seemed to be going on, on an upswing last year. But can't you make the argument though, that it is potentially true that one of the receivers that we drafted will at least be a serviceable replacement for, for, for Curtis Samuel. Whereas what I'm saying to all of you who will listen right now is we have no depth at the safety position. And you can go to hell with Justin Burris Hold on. or all these other assholes that are supposed to be like a meaningful. Uh, who cares like, about none of that is true. Let, me, let me let me ask this. So we're, if we're we're trying to figure out what you should say Russell Lacoon then at this point. No, if, let, if, let me, if that's your argument you're gonna make, Cody, we should make say Russell Coon. Let me ask down. this. Let me no. ask this. Do you think Teddy Bridgewater was a good player last year? No, I don't. Do you think Trey Boston was a good player last year? I think he was better than than what we, what could have been the alternative. But you I didn't think say he was a good player. player. That, you could say that no. about Teddy Bridgewater then. But Yeah, exactly. You could use those same statistics. A lot of people are going to say that exact same thing. Do you think Razul Douglas was a good player last year? Yes. You think he was a good quarterback? Was it last year or was it the year before? I think it was the year before. The do year you think before. that he was a good player or do you think he was eh, okay? Uh, he was, no, I'd say okay. Meh. Okay. Meh. All right. A role player. All these yeah. guys are meh. Was, was Russell Okung a good player or was he okay? Meh. Meh. Okay. Meh. Was, was he Mike too hurt? This is going to be a harder one because it's easy to replace running backs as we all agree on. Um, was Mike Davis a good player or was he okay? Yes, good. he's a good it player. It was okay. It was good. It was good. Okay. Was Curtis Samuel a good player? <laughs> Curtis yes. Samuel was a good player. He yeah. is the only person on this list you can say with any, you know, without any hesitation that he was a good player on this team last year. That is going to be harder to replicate than any of what those other guys did. But who was worse, Dante Jackson or Trey Boston? Like I can make the I can make the argument well, that Trey, no, I mean like you can't say Dante Jackson only because of availability, year. only the, because of availability for Dante that's Jackson. Still. This is not about that. Like that 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 statement doesn't really pertain to the question. What the question is? You can't even say Terrace Marshall Jr. might not even play right away. He's been oh, dealing with play. his injuries. Oh, 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 oh he'll play. I'm sitting. He here. ain't in practice yet. You'll, you'll see. I bet. I bet my ass that he is playing. Week one, and 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 has I bet more than too. half the snaps. Oh, I bet that too. I pro. Um, by the way, somebody said that in the chat room. They said they bet that Chad Smith does better than. Yeah, Curtis man, my Daniels man, my man's a real year. zero. Think about this. This was uh, this was Curtis Samuel's rookie year. He had twenty six targets, 
15 catches for 115 yards, no touchdowns. His second year, though, he had a bunch of touchdowns, though. I bet you. Yeah, 39 catches his second year. He had five touchdowns on 39 catches. How awesome is that? He also had two rushing touchdowns, and I think he had a couple of, he may have even had a special teams touchdown. I promise y'all, man, you ain't going to see no Shy Smith on the, in the offense for other than a gimmick play this year. All right. He's going to be uh, special teams, I'm man. You, listen to what my man uh, – let, let me find it. The real zero chill, man. Wide receiver is an easy transition to the NFL. All, all the types of routes that they're running in college, yeah, the, the defenders are better. But Terrace Marshall is, yeah, is an it's advanced – he's an advanced route runner in the way that Curtis Samuel never was. And I would say that Shai Smith – is even somewhat Josh Smith is even comparable in a lot of ways to the kind of skill set that Curtis Samuel represented. Right. So okay, absolutely. So, right. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. I but thought it, this was going to be an easy question. We turned out to get an argument. Let's go. Yeah, to the next I know, one. right? Uh, okay. Which of these offseason acquisitions will be the most valuable? Sam Darnold, Dan Arnold, David Moore, Hassan Reddick, Denzel Perriman, AJ Boye. Or uh, Daquan Jones. Now, uh, I'll let either one of you jump in first because I actually have something to say about this. I think Dan well, Arnold. Def- you, you, like, you say Dan Arnold? Yeah, oh, we never picked this. Since I was outvoted, I'll just put Curtis Samuel on this last one. Yes, you better. Um, um, for me, I mean, I, I think by default, the answer has to be A because of – well, I guess yeah. if it doesn't work, it would be the least valuable at that point. Um, it's either a Darnold, Sam Darnold, or Hassan Reddick for me. Okay, CK. Um, I think it's Dan Arnold. Dan- I think it's Dan Arnold. Um, just based on the 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 type of offense that we would like to run, based on you know Joe Brady's history, I think that a tight end will be very helpful. Mm, interesting. All right, I didn't expect you to say that. Yeah, we don't have um, any big body wide receivers really at this point, so. I mean, listen, I, I echo the same sentiment as Tony. I mean, so much of this season depends on what kind of player Sam Darnold is going to end up being. That if it does pan out in any way that's good or better, then it's easily Sam Darnold. But what I do want to call your attention to right now is Daquan Jones, our fifth-round pick defensive tackle out of Iowa. Because the rumor mill on Twitter is that the Panthers – may have found them an absolute steal uh, in the fifth round of the draft and might have found a vicious interior when you pair Derek Brown with Daquan Jones. Uh, everyone's saying that Daquan Jones um, could potentially be one of our better draft picks, and I, I would not doubt it if somewhere very soon – Daquan is not only a starter on our defensive line, but a very uh, important part of our pass rush. So I wouldn't put him above Sam Darnold, obviously, but I do want everyone to start to remember that name because I have a feeling it's a name that we're all going to be saying a lot more. So who are we marking? I think it's, uh, I think it's safe to say Hassan Reddick. <laughs> Even though no one said the son Reddick, <laughs> I said his son Reddick. I said it was either Reddick or Darnold. That and I feel like Chat is is make you know kind of 
it's a little bit mixed, but I I feel like I see what uh, Nick and and Craig and then you know, uh, I mean, I, Sam, right. it's oh, hard. Erratic. Oh, but hold on. Erratic, yeah. Cor- correction. Uh, Daryl uh, pointed this out to me. Davion Nixon is our is our draft pick. Yeah, uh, Daquan and, Jones is the one from like yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, I got those two confused. My bad. But Davion Nixon, uh, thanks you, Daryl, for correcting me because that's the guy I, I meant. And I really do think uh, that this guy is going to be a, a real part of what we're going to be doing going forward for sure. So appreciate, yeah, appreciate the correction. Um, what do you expect? Uh, so what, what are we putting here? Hassan Reddick? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you expect out of J.C. Horn in year one? Lot down corner, solid starter, chance to get experience, not ready for the NFL. I'm going to call my shot. Lot I'm saying lot down, bro. I, I'm 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 calling to the moon. He was my favorite corner uh, in this year's draft. I told you that before we drafted him. I, I love his skill set. I love his ability. I think he's going to go down as an all timer for Carolina. Uh, Tony, I would say you. I mean, this is like either one of these is <clears throat> do you just take super optimism route or you take the? I mean, more than likely he'll be a solid starter on his way to becoming a good player, right? a very good player, but I mean, like stepping onto the field and having to deal with the likes of Mike Evans or whatever you got to deal with all the time. If there's anyone suited to excel at this point, it it does seem to be him. So let's just stick with lockdown corner. I feel like, you know, we're just going to kind of run down the same rabbit hole of, well, the odds are that it takes some time. Yeah. You can look at the statistics or you can look at the fact that, there is a value to have with a uh, with there being an NFL pedigree, not just from him itself, yeah. but the fact that there is a family I mean, history of this. So yeah, he practiced against like a Hall of Fame wide receiver in his right. backyard growing up. Like, you know, when I mean? you're like, talking about one of the more cerebral, I mean, like that's one of those positions where you really have to be ready mentally to be able to go right. up against, and so to be raised in an environment like uh, to to have a coach that was in the NFL. That, that got you to where you are for your entire life. I think that can't go understated. And one oh, more thing, look, we'll, the we'll, next we'll, question. But hold on, one more thing before we move on. Uh, uh, the last thing I want to say about J.C. Horn, if you look at his sophomore film to his junior film, a lot of the things that he did wrong and got beaten on in his sophomore year, over that offseason, he made all the necessary corrections and took a huge step from his sophomore to his junior year. So not only does he have all the physical talent, but he shows the abilities to know when he needs to get better at his craft, and that's key in a young player. Uh, now, this next question, I feel like Easy. we could all – Okay, we're so different, dude. I feel like we could all have different answers, and all of us could be correct here. Excluding- no, there, there's only one answer for you, and that's every single one of these people. Oh my god, the, that the, is Cody's is answer right here. Is every rookie is going to be the best rookie? They're going to be rookie of the year right away. Hell yeah, dude! I believe it too. Which 2021 draft pick will make the biggest splash as a rookie? Terrace Marshall Jr., Chuba Hubbard, Shy Smith, Tommy Tremble, Brady Christensen, Davian Nixon, or Keith Taylor? Um, I'll let you two go first and I'll let the chat room kind of hash it out. Um, I really have, I don't feel too strongly about this because I feel like there's a bunch of good answers here. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's hard to, to get this one wrong. Um, but I think I'm going to go with the one that's probably a little less uh, less popular, and I think it's going to be Brady Christensen. Ooh, okay. And I'm telling you what, if it ends up where he's the person that ends up being the one to make the splash, I'm not complaining. The that's reason I am sure the reason I say biggest splash is like I think JC Horn's still gonna be a lockdown corner, but being as highly drafted as he is, that's not gonna be as that's expected. Like that's that's gonna be an expectation almost, uh being where he was drafted. Um, whereas Brady Christensen coming in, um, you know, kind of a lot of question marks. Nobody's really raving about him in, in camp or anything like that. I think if he comes out and he turns out to be even, you know, uh, a, a decent left tackle or somebody who's able to protect Sam Darnold and give him the time he needs to be able to excel as a quarterback, I think that's going to be the biggest splash on this team. Yeah, okay. Uh, I like that answer. Tony? My choice is Davion Nixon. Okay. And um, I think if you look at Terrence Marshall Jr. first, is I think you guys are – I hope he's all this in a bag of chips – but is he going to be a number one wideout in, in in the NFL down the road? You guys are acting like it's a destiny for him. I don't know. We'll see. Chuba Hubbard is this. Is that be interesting, right? Is this guy actually has an opportunity to make an impact, right? Is that you have um, CMC, who the question is, how are they going to continue to utilize him? But if CMC were to have an injury or miss, you know, need anything, is that you could put him in and, Running backs, they know how – I mean, they can run, right? And they're usually better. You want to talk about one place where they actually transition quickly. does seem like running back, as long as it's not pass protection. That's where they always say. Shai Smith, yeah. I don't think has a – I don't really think he's going to have a chance of cracking the wide receiver core at this point. We'll see. I think it'll be a special teams. You know what I mean? Like, there's only so many people you can put out there. I'm sorry. And, like, Riley, yeah, two 1,000-yard receivers out there that are going to get their due and they'll still be playing. You know, um, Trimble, maybe. Christensen, sure. Uh, possibility. What I like about the Nixon one, though, is this, is it's not even just the player. It's the position group. Yeah. Brian Burns. Like, is that these groups, you know, like we talk about the offensive line being interconnected, the talent on the defensive line really dictates how like assignments and so much. And, you know, Derek Brown is such a force. We see like, if you pair him with somebody like that interior pass rush, when you have so much speed on the outside with Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns could really be a problem. Like, and it could be an easy position to step into because you got everywhere you look around, you got some dogs beside you. And you just got to run with them. So that's why I'm picking Davion Nixon. All right. Uh, Craig Carter says Tommy Trimble to be a beast. A lot of people think that as well. Um, I'm going to make a controversial statement, but I don't care because I 100% believe it too. Terrace Marshall will not only will he certainly be the reason why the Panthers don't re-sign Robbie Anderson next year, he might be the reason that the Panthers could potentially be okay with letting DJ Moore walk. I think Terrace Marshall Jr. has the potential to be a number one wide receiver in waiting. I really believe that. You heard me say it here first. I think that if you look at what Sam Dar- uh, Joe Burrow was able to do in Joe Brady's offense, and you put that Terrace Marshall was a huge part of Joe Brady's offense at LSU, 
I think that you're looking at a match made in heaven, and I think Terrace Marshall could have the kind of year uh, that the Vikings receiver uh, guy had, whose name is Casey right now. The guy that uh, played really well Jeff- for – It starts with a J. Uh, Justin Je- Jefferson. Just- Thank you, Justin yeah. Jefferson. Uh, and I, again, so I, I'm thinking – I'm thinking Terrace Marshall might be it, man. I, I really do think that. So, uh, but again, we all had different answers. So it's like, what, I what agree you, with yeah. uh, Dre the Great. Stop it. All right. All right. Hey, remember, where you heard it, remember where you heard it first. That's all I'm saying. Next question. If you could get a contract extension done, I think we all know this, but only one of these players before the season started, who would it be? Taylor Moten, Taylor Moten, Taylor Moten, or Taylor Moten. We all say Taylor Moten. 100% Taylor yeah, Moten. There, Next question. Yeah. Next Christian, question. Christian McCaffrey was sidelined for 13 games last season with three injuries. How many will he miss in 2021? This None. Is, this is None. asking None. you to be a, a pessimist asshole. Like, no. it's, None. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah but, and you know what? To be honest, is that, um, is that I'm not even really convinced by the arguments that so, so many Panther fans, you know, when you got a, someone comes up to you and then you're talking to them and they're like, oh, you're a Panthers fan. And then they're like, oh, and then they got to tell you, and that's fine. I mean, like, is there, oh, they'll say this, is that there's two types of fans. They'll come up and they'll be like, oh, man, Cam, he's just no good, you know? And then you're like, oh, yeah. God, do I really got to, you are like, yeah, whatever, you know? And then the other fan comes up and says this to me all the time and they go, they're running Christian McCaffrey into the ground. He ain't going to be able to survive this. He can't survive this. And I don't know if I believe, I don't even, I don't think that's a decided fact at this point is that uh, he actually has been very durable throughout his time in the NFL until last year where he had, he did have his first injury, but I'm not completely of the mindset that the that he didn't and the Panthers didn't shut him down. I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe they 100. Yeah. percent I believe he could have come back midway through the season after. Like I, I think he hurt himself a little bit with that Kansas City game, and then no matter what, I don't think it was ever that going to be on time. There. Once they tweaked it a little bit, and he tried to come in there, like nope. So uh, I, I just don't. I don't necessarily. I'm just not of the mindset to where I believe that Christian McCaffrey is a fragile or b got an, uh, got gotten to those that mileage yet. Like, I mean, right. look, look at Saquon I mean, yeah, Barkley. They might be able to run him into the ground, but I, I think that's two, three years out, though. Saquon I don't think Barkley, it's one or two Saquon years Barkley's out. Had I think maybe, it's three or three. Saquon Barkley's maybe had a fraction of the touches that Christian McCaffrey's had, and he's had yeah. uh, way more problematic issues uh, as a running he's back in this league. Yeah. yeah, and, and, and so I, I think it's not a matter of how – I mean, obviously, yeah, there's going to be a, a – uh, a the more you touch the ball, the more likely you are to get hurt. Not, and I don't believe that there's a durability aspect of it. I think there is a like you know there is you're more likely to have an ACL tear if you touch the ball 150 times. Not because you're you're not because you're being run so many times, but just because statistically speaking, one of those hits is going to be on your knee, right? Um, so I don't think I, I, I think there is going to be some durability issues if, after a longer you know career, but I think he's still early on enough where it's yeah I agree I agree well, my, 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 thing, my, my, my thing is this you're you're never known for being an injury prone player until you are once upon a time Cam Newton never got hurt until he started to get hurt once upon a time Greg Olson never got hurt 
until he started consistently getting hurt. Some people are like Thomas Davis, where you tear your ACL three years early in your career, and yet somehow magically just end up going on to play your best football. I I think just being realistic, I don't think I can say none just based on how many times he missed last year. I think if we're able to incorporate Chuba Hubbard into our offense for a good number of snaps, I think it's possible that he could be none. But if we run Christian like we have in the past, where he's in 97% of our snaps on any given Sunday, then yeah, for sure he's going to have at least one to two injuries this Mm. year. And I can see him missing – uh, misses some time because of it. So I think that's a reasonable answer. So was that one to two injuries or missed games? No, missed games. So I'll, oh, okay. again, okay. just like an say, average like, I can't yeah. say everybody's going to get injured at some point. All right. Okay. Not uh, including McCaffrey, who will be the Panthers MVP this season. Gotta be, ooh, I'm going to say Brian Burns. Oh, that's a that's I like that answer. I like. I mean, I feel like he's ready to step into the limelight at this point. It's easier for Brian Burns to be the answer to this question than it is Sam Darnold, right? It's easier for DJ, uh, and maybe I would say my coin flip between Burns and DJ Moore, but I'm gonna say Brian Burns. Go ahead, CK. I think it's gonna be somebody else. Someone Mm -hmm. else. Do you have a name? Um, I think that there's a lot of potential, but I, the one name that comes to mind um, is Hassan Reddick. Oh, all right. Cool. Derek Brown. Derek Brown that, can come out. I want you just stole my thunder, damn it. That's what I was going to say. I, I, I think uh, Derek Brown has the potential to be that guy who, remember how once upon a time like we didn't realize how important Starla Tulele was yeah, until after we had him? I'm hoping that Derek Brown can be that fucking destroyer in the middle of our defense that everything kind of flows around even if he isn't getting like a ton of crazy numbers i would love for for Derek brown to turn and he was kind of that at last year as the season went on he flashed and, he definitely flashed yeah. Yeah. um right. I, so this is a good one uh who should sam darnold's backup be uh will greer pj walker or someone not on the roster i think will God. greer what a depressing question, huh? This is the worst question. Can we? Yeah, uh, so bad. I'm a. I say PJ. So then you got to. Yeah, flip. fuck it. It really should be someone not on the roster. I I'd say uh, I I'd say PJ. Uh, just all right. So you broke it. it uh, CK said Will Greer. All right, left tackle's been a problem for. Who should start? Oh, there? this is a good one too. This might be other than Sam Darnold and what he turns out to be. This is probably the next most like burning question in Panther fandom, isn't it? I think it's going to be. I think the answer to this question is Trent Scott. Okay, CK, what say you, man? Brady Christensen. I got to say on that that train that talked about it earlier. All right, now uh, this this might be very controversial. And I'm not saying that's what will happen. If you say the, Greg the, Little, the, I'm going to cra- punch you in your face. Oh, shut you up. Greg Little. If I said Greg Little, I'd get up and kick my own self in the face. <laughs> he said I'd that? punch myself in the yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, come on, dude. Um, no, I think, and it's who should start there. The answer might be Taylor Moten. And we might not want to hear that. That might not be the answer that we want to say starts at left tackle. 
but if he's the best on the team and he ends up having to be the protector of uh his you know, of Sam Donald's blind side, fuck, if he's the best man for the job and none of the other guys can do it and they have a better chance of filling in right tackle than they do left tackle, then yeah, maybe that is what you should do. I don't know, but it it makes sense to me saying it out loud. All right, so who are we putting? No, we all had three different answers. It's like there is no one. I to know. Uh, like, um, we'll need the chat room to solve this for us. I want to say this: if we change this question to who will start, uh, I believe it's Cam Irvin. Like, mark me down. He's going to be the one starting at left tackle. I think that's You're probably a safe answer. Right. I don't like it, but. It's probably not All right, wrong. let's go to the next one. Uh, what what best, best describes your confidence level in Joey Sly? Rock solid with a strong leg. Percentage of longer field goals will improve. Pretty good. Still should have kept Harrison Bunker, but can live a Sly. Shaky can't seem to handle the pressure kicks. None at all. Scott Fitter needs to find his replacement ASAP. Um, I, I, I'll go first. I'll keep it short and simple. Uh, I say Shaky. I haven't seen enough to see that he's able to handle those big pressure moments when every single big pressure moment that he was in last year, even though there would have been record long field goals. Yeah. I, I, I still yeah, think you can't he use failed the, at uh, all of them. I, 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 uh, I do believe shaky. And the reason I say shaky has zero to do with that. Anytime your kicker is seeing a psychologist fucking run, bro. Like, I, I didn't have to hear this. Yeah, he's seen a sports psychologist. Okay, a lot of people do that though. Yeah, but I mean, like that. As far as a as a kicker, like I know that that's meant to help him get better. But I'm sorry, but how many times has these meant? Like, the more he's thinking about it, the more problem. That's when it becomes when it's not just muscle memory. That's always been Joey Sly's issue. Is like even in college, he's a big leg. But he was he's not able to be as accurate. I'm all I've I've been a Joey Sly fan for a while. Like I've wanted him to be better. But last year proved he is not going to be. Like he is not like in the big pressure God, moments. Y'all are so down on him. Mine's I, I, pretty good. I don't think it's unre I don't think it's unreasonable to have an unsure opinion of, of Joey Sly. It goes back to that prove it mentality. You can have hope for uh, Matt Rule and Joe Brady and all these guys, but they still have to go out there and improve upon what they did last year. That same thing is 100% true for Joey Sly. Uh, there were too many easy kicks that, that he didn't make that should have been simple for him, and but that he would make some of the bigger ones. And then when he had the opportunity to win games for us, he didn't do those things. He had so, opportunities to win games and make a name for himself in those yeah. games. Yeah, like, so and he almost did, bro. He was one yard away from kicking. I mean, it was so close, dude. You would have all of a sudden, you guys would have been saying he's the greatest kicker in the history of the world. But My answer is pretty good, but I understand you're shaky. It almost should be in between there of just okay. All right, yeah, well, but me, me and CK over, over rule of two to three. This is the one that's like, who cares? In my opinion, like if you're if you're concerned, but who's probably the better? more ready of the two long snappers, you're saying J.J. Jansen. If you're thinking about potential and salary cap dollars, 
then you're going Thomas Fletcher. To me, I couldn't really care less, to be honest. I know. I, I'm going to say JJ because uh, JJ yeah. is the oldest person on our team. He's the vet that can lead our special teams in your Super Bowl run. We needed <laughs> one. He's the only guy. He's got the most years. Oh, I pulled it up. I wish I wish you could see who has the most, like the second most years. Nobody. I know. I don't even never even heard of him. Really? Never even heard of him. Oh no! It, uh, and then Daquan Jones is like third on oh, that. Wow. But other than that, we ain't got nobody that's got more than like seven years of ex- six years of experience. It's crazy. Like even the people that I thought that were like uh, the vets Veterans. on our team are still yeah. babies, man. Um, I'm gonna put JJ Jansen because why the fuck did we draft Thomas Fletcher anyway? It's okay, it sounded like you felt a certain kind of way about this. What, I was gonna uh, say. I was going to say, I don't think J.J. Jansen cares about this question. Like, I, like, <laughs> I feel like he's at a point in his career, and he's such a laid-back guy. I could see him being like, eh, just release yeah, me. It's all whatever. good. Just yeah, release all me. Right. It's cool. It's just- Give the young guy a shot. I, 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 I do believe that uh, the the long-snapping position is is a, is a, an important one to a degree, to a degree. But it's so, like, I, the reason I would pick Fletcher is because of the value of – the speed getting down the field is so important. Like it's, those are big hits. Those are JJ Tanzan hasn't failed us at, up to this point, but he is getting older. So we have to start thinking about that. So I think that Fletcher needs to have an opportunity to come in and, 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 and actually get the reps that he needs for that to actually, you know, happen for him. I should probably like JJ Jansen more than I do because something tells me that he's a huge pothead. Just, I, I don't know what it is. Something tells me, the J.J. Jansen's been known to blaze up a time or two. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. We have two more questions left, and then we can get to these cat calls and get out of here. Which player is most likely to make his first Pro Bowl in 2021? And, my God, I feel like there is three really good answers in this. It's Robbie Anderson, Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin, DJ Moore, or Taylor Moten. Um, I'll let any one of you jump in first. On Brian this. Burns, easy answer here for me. I don't hate that. Yeah, I think that two. I think the two. Ant, there's two answers that are the strongest ones, and that is Brian Burns and DJ Moore. Um, Taylor Moten again. You know, what I mean, like is like depending. He's he he'll be up there too. He could be up there. It just depends. Uh, and if he does make the Pro Bowl, then talk about Cha Ching for him. I think that uh, Jeremy Chin's a long shot because, yep. look, is I hope he's awesome. I hope he's going to be the greatest player ever. But, like, it's almost hard to eclipse what he did in his rookie year. That's what I was getting ready to right? say. Like, yeah. I mean, and there's guy, also a man. term called the sophomore slump. You know, yeah, can- and then and then with Robbie Anderson, Jesus, I mean, Terrence Marshall Jr. is going to replace him in training camp, obviously, yeah. and uh, he has going no chance. So uh, for me, it's uh, Brian Burns. Shut up, Kevin. No one's listening to you say Shaq Thompson. Uh, uh, no, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and pick the easy answer. I actually think Jeremy Chen could easily make a make a Pro Bowl. I do agree as well, but uh, because it kind of seems to me like all indicators are pointing that Jeremy Chen's our new Luke Kuechly, guys. That he's the guy that's on there, uh, you know, in, in his playbook, trying to be a leader both on and off the football field. Um, but I think Brian Burns, I, I'll go with CK and and, and use that uh, as a tiebreaker because I think he has the potential 
to be um, uh, a, a premier NFL edge rusher that you speak of when you talk about the likes of Vaughn Miller and Khalil Mack and some of these better better edge rushers. I think that year three is when you're really going to see him put it together. Um, and then our final question, what position group are you most concerned about? You probably already know my answer, so I'll just let you all um, – It's Cody's always say, Cody's saying safety, right? Because you're concerned about Trey Oh, God. Oh, he's going to say safe. Oh, my I think God. that right now our depth, when you look at even – even uh, De- uh, uh, Deontay Brown uh, and David Moore, who we picked up undrafted, uh, I-, I think that Matt Paradis and all these other guys that are that are mentioned, like damn, if one if some of those guys can't turn out to be serviceable offensive linemen, like we really fucked it up if none of those guys can can do anything. Whereas I maintain our safety position is barren. It's barren. We have no legitimate other than than uh uh Jeremy Chin, who again we're kind of moving from safety to linebacker. He's like that real hybrid kind of player. We have no idea what we have at the safety position, and we know that we're in the NFC South where everyone's trying to throw the football fifty yards down the field. At least so, they were. I mean, it's it's worries. Well, James Winston doesn't really say that it's gonna change. For the Saints, I think Matt Ryan's still going to be aggressive, um, and you know, and then Tom Brady, of course. So I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm really worried about that safety position to the point where I hope that um, we make some kind of move to bring in a player uh, before the start of the season, even if it's just another warm body. It yeah. doesn't have to be a world beater, but someone that can plug and play. And you know that they're not going to be a total liability out there. Kevin's right. I mean, quarterback legitimately could be this, right? But we're all wishing that it's we're wishing into existence that it's not going to be a problem. Uh, that's going to be a great solution. But uh, I think offensive line is my answer here. Okay, CK, what say you, man? Um, I this is hard because I I kind of. The biggest, le- I want to like the easy answer for me is the offensive line, but I agree with Cody. I think we have so many pieces that we brought in. Somebody is going to be able to, 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 to make that step up. Um, and then I think we have more depth on offensive line than we've had in a long time. Um, just True. based on what I've seen happen this offseason and in the draft. Still don't um, have a tackle, though. We don't know that for sure. Yeah, well, you know what? We said that every year. We thought we didn't have one, too. Yeah, but, I mean, again, at some point, you know, we've got to have that come back in our favor at some point. I can't be mad at the pessimism Tony shows toward that position. No, absolutely Just not. because of the revolving door that has been. It's like, yeah, since fuck, Jordan Gross Yeah, left, I mean, like, like it, 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 we've, it's one of those circumstances, again, where it's sort of like the quarterback except for worse. Like, we haven't. We haven't seen uh, an actual franchise left tackle that we're going to be able to keep in the building for, you know, five to 10 years uh, with, you know, since Jordan Gross left. And that happened. That's been almost 10 years. So we've been in a, in a even though we've had service, serviceable years, you know, with, uh, you know, in our 2015 year. And I mean, and there's been other ones. Don't get me wrong. We haven't had 
all garbage, but we have not had somebody. Yeah, we they've can look been at. all garbage, homie. Like if Cam Newton weren't there, it, they would have been. The person would have been dead. You wouldn't know why he's so hurt they, all the they time. They do like, say that injuries because you didn't um, give him any damn protection. But all right, um, do you do you think that there's any credence to the fact they say it's a lot harder to block for rushing quarterbacks? Uh, yeah. Uh, well. Yes, I mean, it's legitimately, yes, I do believe that. But uh, I think if anything, uh, maybe there's some to what, um, to being too tall when your drop is so deep. I think like if there was anything that really, I don't think it was Cam's mobility that made him hard to block for. Maybe he would hold the ball too long and then you're like asking the offensive line to block longer than they should. But for Cam, when he took a five-step drop, it was like a 27 drop. You know what I mean? Look, and Ron said this one time, and he was trying to defend Matt Khalil, and it was like, oh, they're trying to, you know, you got to climb the pocket more. And they're trying to get the, like, to get to know each other's depth. So I think Cam's like that, for me, that was the harder thing. He's like, he had trouble s- stepping up into the pocket because he's so big. You know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah. it's like, you can only take one step forward, and he's already there. So I thought I'll I'll give you that more than I'll say it's just difficult to block for a running quarterback. Yeah, I just I only ask because like I know that that is something that is said and and it's uh, and it could be just to kind of uh, feed into the stigma that people have against the 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 dual threat quarterbacks. Um, you know, like Cam, like Mike Vick. Everybody kind of said that when you know offensive line hard to block for them. You know, so the, let's blame it on the quarterback instead. But, uh, you know, I just like I said, I, I don't think we've had like I think we've had majority garbage, but I, I think it's hard for me to say that, like we've had every year garbage, but we haven't had somebody's consistent that we are looking for that we don't have. We've had every year has been a question mark at left tackle, and that's what I have a problem with. Like, it's so, exhausting. Are you more concerned about offensive line or safety? I'm not as concerned about safety like as others are. You know, and, and, and my my reason is I feel like, and and call me crazy, right? But I feel like the safety is more, you know, is something that can be filled in by a Trey Boston, right? By yep. somebody. Or by anybody. Yeah. Bro, we, you want to think this, is think it's been over 10 years since we had a franchise left tackle. It's been like 15 years since we had a franchise safety. Mike safety isn't sexy, dude. Point. Like. Like we the Panthers don't care about the safety position, period. Yeah, they don't care about it at all. And uh, and honestly, the safety is irrelevant if we Boston get a good push. Good, Cody. Like that's the thing is for me, it's like I understand that we don't have any real talent or names that we know. And I mean, and I think Trey Boston's a player who can be pretty good on a team that has a lot of talent around him. So would he be the worst fit on this team? No. But it's not like I'm. Oh my God, we lost Trey Boston, bro. Like, I do you can't think it was live. worth? Do you think it was worth cutting him? Uh, I mean, it, we, we do I this. thought he was pretty cheap too. I don't even. I know so too. I, That's why I asked. I don't know. I feel like we do this song and dance with Trey Boston every year. It's like, oh, is it you know serviceable or does it suck? You know, like. I don't know, man. I'm just, it just look, like, they, depends on the week. It depends on if he makes the tackle or not. I'm and actually, he tackled out. better last year than he's ever tackled. He's notoriously been a terrible tackler. I know we're going to get the cat call. So all I do is say this right. I'm just worried about our depth. And I think I have a legitimate reason 
to be worried. And not only a pass-happy NFL, but a pass-happy NFC South. And I think it's a legitimate concern. All right, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Go ahead and smash the thumbs up button. Call into the show at 252-228-5098. Don't forget that the cat calls are powered by Avolta. You want to quit renting your energy, own your energy, achieve energy independence with no money down. If you're a homeowner in North or South Carolina, call Kevin Brown, solar consultant with Avolta, 704-215-3373. Quit renting your energy, achieve energy independence, add equity, all of that jazz. Uh, Fixed, fixed rate for life. Avolta, Kevin Brown, Panthers fans say, hey, Kevin, heard about it on the C3 Panthers podcast. He'll give you a special deal from because he's a Panthers fan. All right, let's go ahead and jump into these calls. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels two, good. Like Hey, Panthers podcast, my brothers. How y'all doing? G. Cavazier. Well, hey, G. I don't know about y'all, but I'm ready for the season to start. The season to start. I know. Hey, I'll, Ooh, yeah. network, y'all probably seen it with, uh, with, uh, what's that dude's name? I forgot his damn name. He was a linebacker for the damn Patriots. Uh, oh, Guinness. That's his yep. name. He's saying that, you know, Carolina got a defense. You know, you look at our damn defense. Uh, our defense this year looks kind of stout. I agree. But with me saying that, I ain't trying to be the, the burden of bad news, but 2019 defense looked good as hell. Y'all remember that shit? Jeremy I do. Over, man. We had Bruce Irvin. You know, we had Shaq right there. We had, we, had, we had a good defense. We couldn't stop the run to save our damn lives, man. But I believe with Phil Snow, even though I really don't like him, Tell you the truth, as a defensive coordinator, hopefully, hopefully <clears throat> he can get defense that's similar to McDermott. I know, I know, I know. It's been years since we've seen that, you know. But I think our defense is going to be okay. My question is, before I go, is Hassan Riddick going to play outside linebacker or is he going to play defensive end? And if he plays outside linebacker, is he taking Jermaine Carter's spot? Which I'll think about that. I say defensive end. I think he's brought in as a defensive end. Uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of have I, a. I mean, uh, do we really have an indication either way of what kind of defense that we're gonna run? Because my like what I was saying last year, and I know you guys probably remember this, is I'm like we were kind of handicapped in our defensive scheme as to what we could do as opposed to what we wanted to do, right? right. A lot of people complained about that three-three-five college-style defense that we ran. And I was always saying that we basically just did because we really didn't have a lot of better options. Right. So I think that Hassan Reddick does kind of give us the position versatility, which, again, we know Matt Rule covets in players. Um, I, I think that uh, – Hassan Reddick, I think, is someone who's probably going to be doing a little bit of both. But I think they probably envision him more as a 3-4 outside linebacker whose primary job is to uh, pass rush 
on third down and second and long in situations. Isn't like that, that where he struggled in Arizona though? The two years before was in a three four, and then when they went to the four three, he has twelve sacks. So you know how everyone's now like Joey the Blind Panther is talking shit about Isaiah Simmons in the chat and how he didn't pan out or that Isaiah didn't live up to the hype. Well, you could kind of say that Hassan Reddick was the original Isaiah Simmons and that he was drafted high, but they didn't really know how they wanted to use him. They didn't know if they were going to be, if they wanted to make him an off-the-ball outside linebacker or uh, an inside linebacker, or if they wanted to have him on the edge. They, they kind of like didn't really know where to use him. And the final two years, he turned it on and really kind of you know lived up somewhat to the potential. So... I really, um, it's it's hard to say. I think his best football has been played when he's able to pin his ears back and be aggressive and get after the quarterback and try and sniff out those bubble screens and those, you know, uh, fake plays, the jet sweeps that NFL offenses are trying to do so much of now. So I think he's in a good position to do exactly that here in Carolina. And I think him and Brian Burns, has the potential to be a vicious one-two punch on our defensive line. That's what I was going to say. I was going to add to that saying, like, I think that Brian Burns has his career year that is going to put him in the Pro Bowl because he's going to have a compliment on the edge there in Hassan Reddick. I agree. I agree. Could could you imagine if Derek Brown pans out at the same time that those guys do? Or the guy that played pretty well from Penn State last year. What was it? What's his name? Yeah, Deter Gross Models. That's another name that we kind of forgot all about. Like, I think we're just going to have some horses now. And I don't want to, that's why I think Kassan Ray is going to be edge. I think it's going to be like run him at edge on this play and then maybe put him standing up at outside linebacker, but he's still rushing. And then you have YGM on the edge, right? I think that you're going to see, and he does like to, he's like a stand-up defensive end is what I would call him. Hassan Reddick. But we'll see, man. I think we're going to have so much speed with those guys on the field. It's going to be cool to see. Uh, that's I'm hoping for defensive end. Good question, though, uh, for the first cat call. All right, let's go to the next call. Hey, Tony. Hey, guys. What's up, Chuck? Call from Elizabeth City. What's up, Chuck? I know it's a slow week, and uh, beginning to watch the beginning of your podcast, and, and things are coming to a scratching, a screeching halt. Uh, but there is one thing I noticed in the news that's kind of indirectly related with the Panthers, and I guess in 2022 they're talking about letting teams go back to throwback helmets. And I know before. Oh yeah. Not political, but a, a public safety issue. Uh, if you had all these players and you had more than one helmet, and I don't see what the problem is, but it, it was something they brought up and addressed. But now they're saying it's okay. I know Tampa Bay will probably go back and use the old Buccaneer Bruce, the kind of guy looks like Tom Brady on yeah. the helmet, and the Patriots yeah. will probably use Pat the Patriot where he's getting humped over uh, while he hikes the ball. Um, Which is a dope logo. Forbid, uh, Cincinnati Bengals is out here. He's getting on the road. Yeah. But we really can't do that because we've had two helmets and they both almost look identical. Yeah, it's hard to but tell them apart. A lot of people think that we should go to a black helmet, which wouldn't yes. be a throwback, but it is something to think about. But I'm one to raise my hand and say, I don't think the Carolina Panthers need to change their colors, their uniforms, the logo, the silver helmet. All right, Jerry I'm Richardson. okay with what we got. 
I love the all-white uniforms. It reminds me of Steve Smith with those blue socks. Let's not change anything. Let's keep the tradition rolling. 30 more, you know, 30 years or more of this, and that's longevity. That looks good on a franchise. I can't disagree more. Chuck, thanks for the call. We love you, brother. Good part of the show. Always been a great caller. Um, I can't disagree more. Is that, first of all, why has the NFL not done this sooner? The fact that we got to wait till 2022 is fucking ridiculous as it is. Right? We got to wait a whole year. Like, this is exciting news, and then you realize, wait a second. We got a whole 18 months before we get to see anybody wearing a different helmet. And because it's ridiculous, it's ridiculous, it's bogus that they can't have more than one color helmet because of player safety. Like, they don't have enough people to inspect or, like, they don't manufacture the helmets the same. Like, cook, gosh, we need an alternate helmet. Why is the NFL so – this shows you the behemoth and how much money the NFL can make. They can do stuff like this. They can be, like, 12 years behind everybody and still make a bunch of money off of everything. Panthers black on black on black? Dope as fuck. The problem is we always lose in those black damn jerseys if it black on black. But if we, we had a black had helmet, yeah, we had man. a black helmet. Or what if we had like the t- turquoise that, that or the Carolina blue helmet with some nah. black? Like that would be fly too. I mean, it I want alternate helmets. Like, we can't my- have a throwback. You're right about that, Chuck. No throwback for the Panthers. It's yeah. about trend setting. Well, maybe it could be do our old logo, which I don't even know why you. No, it's the same. That, it's like, just like it's like I mean, yeah. it's like the facing the different way. Just like the eyes are different. Like it's like yeah, it just teeth, looks like yeah. it was drawn in the nineties versus yeah. the newer one is sleeker and cooler and stuff like that. But ultimately, yeah, I we need. I've been saying for a while that we need to change our uniforms, and I, that's not saying that there's something wrong with them. And people get all upset and offended, like. Oh, ours are perfect. We don't need to update them. That's how you become a classic uniform. And yeah, there's some degree of truth to that too. But I think there's also a point when you have to understand that your your look isn't necessarily considered iconic and it can be upgraded. And teams have done this. The Denver Broncos have done this a number of times. The Seahawks have done it. Like teams, the, the the Dallas Cowboys, and nobody wants to be the Cowboys, especially now. Maybe when they were winning five Super Bowls, but like you know, teams update and upgrade their look. And I think, and can you be iconic in this day and age? I don't even know if that's like a th- it's possible anymore. There's so many photos out there, this and that. It's not like we can just all of a sudden become the Jerry West or where isn't that who was the NBA logo or whatever? Yeah, like, but uh, even. Even still, like a lot of the ones that are considered classic, what like you're talking about the Raiders because they're from the an Packers. age before, yeah. like like where you listen to it on the radio and you right. like didn't know anybody that owned a jersey. Now we buy right. jerseys every year. One hundred percent. That's why to me, it's like you know I, I'm all for a black. The only reservation I have about the all black is that. So many teams now. Dude, how about this? We would be the third team in our own division that has like a, well, minus the Saints because their helmet's gold. But there are three teams that have black as a primary color. And if we were to go all black, we would, 
Like the Jaguars have all black. The Ravens. I feel have like our blue pops better. Like I feel like our color scheme with the yeah. black, the silver, and our Carolina blue pops better than like the Jacksonville Jaguars. I agree. Turf, whatever that color is, like the color of the ocean or whatever it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I I get that, but I feel like we have or we could do like a chrome helmet or something, like some of the silk, you know. I don't know. I've, yeah, I yeah. I love all of these mock helmets that they draw up. Like I'm like, man, let's put it on them. So um, I right. uh, yeah, go to the next one, and I'll, I'll I'll bring up one that I have uh, on my computer that I like a lot. Uh, all right, next call. Yeah. Yo yo yo, C three Nation, Panther Nation. It's your boy Josh from Mass. What up, Josh? Minute, but it's been what up, Josh? You know, we in the slow drippings of the off season, man. We're just we're just watching, just watching that turkey slowly cook as it spins and spins in that Showtime rotisserie. Brought to you by Ronco, and we just watching the juices drip, and we we waiting with anticipation for September, and maybe maybe even some of August. You know, I mean, you know, preseason might. Might be a little bit telling this year. Might be some things worth seeing. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I, so much anticipation for this season. I can't wait to see how our defense shakes out. I, I really think, you know, I'm in agreement with Brian Burns and what a lot of, a lot of the analysts are saying. I, I think this defense is at a point where this can be like a very, not just a very foundational year. In terms of getting, you know, having really all the pieces that you need to be a successful defensive unit, but getting them together, getting them to work together, and getting them to truly be dominant, man. I mean, if any, if what we saw at the end of last season was any indication as far as, you know, this defense rounded into shape, man, I, it could be scary. And I mean, it could, it could very well turn into, I mean, I, Call me crazy. I don't see why we can't be a, a wild card playoff team this coming year. Unfortunately, with Tampa in the division and their whole deal, that's probably we probably ain't winning the division this year. But I think I think we're gonna thump the Falcons. I think we'll split with the with the Saints and the Bucks. Man, I don't know if we'll even pull one, but I mean, I'd love to. I mean, I'd love nothing more than to watch Week 18. But Brian Burns to just just rip Tom Brady's legs off and beat him with him, man, man, that'd be so great. That'd be so great. I mean, as far as the offense goes, man, that's the big question mark to me is the offense. It's, it's you know, what's going to become a Sam Darnold? Is this line going to do anything resembling shaping up, rounding into peace, or is it going to just be? You know, the tale of a lost season for an offense with so many playmakers, but a quarterback who's so-so and a line that's so-so. Let me know what you guys think. I'm out of time. Josh from Mass. Out. See that? See that helmet? I like. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I see. Imagine this, this is the combo. That I was talking about. I like the updated numbers, how the numbers kind of look like how the the letters of our Panthers look. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, I like the, the more slick uh, uh, color lines on the sides and under the armpits. Um, I, I think that's just a better design. I love the numbers. And then tell me that helmet isn't the sexiest thing you've ever seen, dude. If the Panthers could have that helmet and have a combination of these two, dude, that's like that's the ultimate Panthers combo. Like I, I would Unreal. love nothing more than to have that combo right there. I think we're we're in need of it, I would even say. But again, what do I know? All right, back to Josh's call, though. Um, I think, you know, he's kind of spot on uh, with a lot of things is that first it's the doldrums of news time. And we've we've went through all these questions and talked about it. But the defense, I believe a lot of people saw enough life in it towards the end where it got better and better each week. And Jeremy Chin looked like he could be a superstar in the making. Brian Burns just continued to impress and uh, Phil Snow even got better. I think that we have the expectation that the defense could be very good this year, right? And if they're not very good, it's going to be somewhat disappointing. The offense, again, I think Josh is right on. It's just a big, giant question mark. Is that there seems to be a lot of pieces there, but at the same time, it could not work at all. So it's just coming back to the quarterback question, you know? Uh, yeah. I think that that's going to be it. All right, uh, last call of the night. What's up, C3? This is Diesel Drew. I just want to say Diesel Drew, what's up? Panthers might be one of the most underrated defenses coming into this year. I think we're definitely top 15, maybe breaking into that top 10 category uh, under the radar. And I want to say that shout out to Rashad and Dave on PNP. I think they brought up one of the most interesting points post draft off season this week. Chris Sims posted, uh, <clears throat> Sam Darnold as being a top 20, I think 19th overall out of 40 rated quarterbacks going into this season. So my big question is, if Sam Darnold is coming in somewhere around 19th overall, is that good enough for the Panthers to make the playoffs? Yes. I'll leave it at that. Man, uh, no, and maybe. I mean, is that like what was that's like Teddy Bridgewater? 23 no. was, you know, 20. What was Teddy? I mean, I feel like, I mean, you have to be better. I think he's going to have to be. Uh, Top fifteen quarter. Doesn't every quarterback that makes the playoff have to be top fifteen? Kind of. The problem is, is like it's like you can you can sit there and say it's all subjective. To like he could be a top he could be a top ten, but because the team doesn't do well, they're not going to put him in that top ten category, right? Or he could be a bottom five, but because the team did really well. Like it's gonna make it look like he's that much like he's a better quarterback. So I, I, I. But the answer understand. is yes, then because right, Deshaun Watson was a top five quarterback or top eighteen quarterback, and they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, true, true, true. So the inverse should be true as well. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it is possible for us to make the playoffs with a nineteenth ranked, you know, quarterback. 
um, especially given the talent that we've put around him. And, you know, a lot of times these quarterbacks are ranked the way they are because they're, you know, really not filled with a, a lot of hope. Now you can also put in the Jameis Winston into that category and say, well, he was given every opportunity with as much talent as he possibly could get on that uh, Tampa Bay team. And the moment that he leaves, they win a Super Bowl. So um, I, I think it's possible. We've seen things happen. We've seen it happen. We've seen people who, you know, Nick Foles was a backup and he came in and won a Super Bowl. Right. I mean, it's 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 very it's 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 all going to be dependent upon the team and the way that the game is, uh, you know, coached and whatnot. So I think it's still possible to win, you know, get to the playoffs with uh, a 19th ranked quarterback. All right, those are the cat calls. Uh, be a part of the show every Tuesday night live, 9 p.m. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, Periscope. Go ahead and smash the thumbs up button. Be a part of the chat. Subscribe. Tell a friend about it. I know it's the doldrums, but we got to keep uh, growing this podcast and Panther Nation together. You can do that by being a part of the show at 252-228-5098. Before we go and get to the ice up picks, I do want to just run down this list because I went and looked at these videos of us or the c3 panthers podcast the evolution of it but i'm gonna go last year because i was like man what the hell are we gonna talk about you know what i mean like i mean is that thank god we don't have any injuries to talk about or rest to talk about this is a good moment for that last year at this time we were talking about the newly releasing hbo max that was one of the subjects of our show in the last huh. week of June. Is that hey? Uh, also, a storyline in that was Funches opting out because of COVID, and Michael Pilardi was in, uh, waived because of injury. In 2019, we were on Shindig. Ooh, the greatest thing that could have been that never was. Yeah. That ultimately, like it's like cooler than Streamyard. At the time, man, we, we were we were loving some uh some uh some we were, shending, man. We were excited about it. Uh, yeah, it was something. too many technical difficulties. Too many bugs, but imagine if they could have made it to COVID and gotten some real loot. Oh they could have been like the Zoom or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, almost like they just didn't have enough foresight just to stick it through. They never updated yeah. enough. They never got back with us enough on any feedback. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know how to get in the login. I couldn't even reset my password. All right. Uh, also last year, this was time, I on this the squad in the 19th on the 2019. Yes. Yes. I think you were in uh, one of these, you were in your car. Uh, I think that was the last uh, in 2019. You're in your car, maybe on your way home from work. Yeah, probably. Um, where I was sitting in also the McDonald's in, parking lot using their Wi-Fi. <laughs> also in 2019, a fun story that we talked about was Cam offered $1,000 to someone to switch seats <laughs> on a flight home back from Paris. That. And the person said no. And we talked about whether or not he offered enough. He started at 850. It was a trip on the way home from a fashion show in Paris. Um, 2018... The first time or the earliest June that I've seen Cody Lashley on the show. Tony, Joe, Mel, and Cody uh, talked about zero news. And uh, there was nothing to talk about except for we were like, one of the things that we made a point was, is or my point was, is thank God there's nothing to talk about because this past year we had to talk about the sale of our team 
Yeah. The return of an old GM. Like everything we have talked about has been awful. So let's not talk about anything. But here, uh, let me see if I got this. I want to see if maybe you guys can. Let me see. Can you hear this? Not hear anything yet. Oh, oh, okay. Right, because I turned off the audio on this one. Hold on. They did sign his fifth year option. Now, of course, they could always cut him, but they did pick that up. He definitely has something left to prove, man. Uh, And, you know, it's funny that you always hear him talking about Cam Newton and how uh, he's in his, you know, seventh or eighth year and he's so immature. And after the video of him shouting at the kids and everything, but I mean, maybe I'm just not listening to the right sources, but I feel like even still, Jameis doesn't get the time. All right. So basically, uh, one of the things is the same conversation we're still having. A, B, no, uh, I wanted to ask this. That was a, a young Cody Lashney early uh, debut on the C3 Panthers podcast, full time member. And uh, when the, what, was that the time he was yelling at the kids at the seven on seven? Has it been that long? Was it 2018? Really? It feels like. That was like last year. He no, was that happened last, last year, year as well. No. Uh, again? So what was the yelling at the kids? I wonder what that was. I was trying I remember. to remember. I can't remember it. So there was the instance when Cam Newton was like screaming at the uh, the the kid that was clowning him on the sidelines. That, that was, was this camp. year. That's with him. Yeah, but that Patriots. was this past year. So then, yeah, what were we talking about? I don't about? know. What, I don't know. What, what, what are we what? talking about then? It was interesting. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's funny. I do feel kind of better, though, that now, like, we know at the end of June, no matter what, when we're doing a podcast, around this time, we're struggling to find shit to uh, talk about, like, no matter what. But somehow okay. we still go two hours. Yeah. Uh, 2017 was Cam and Rehab. Uh, rehab and the shoulder injury. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Second clean out, I think. Uh, Buddy Ryan, uh, Hall of Fame defensive coordinator for the 1985 Bears, passed away. And we talked about his relationship with uh, Ron Rivera. 2016, we were talking about Keekley, the coach on the field, and how he made that defense of 2015 um, much better than it probably was. Or, you know, I mean, like he was instrumental 2015. This is funny. Um, the sign, I used to keep a sign like Woody Page did on um, around the horn where I would just write something on it uh, and just have it in the background is like my background. And my sign said Benjamin's Donuts. Um, and that was before he was injured. We were talking about the potential of a Funchess Benjamin tandem. And then uh, Benjamin ended up being injured in preseason. Also fun fact, a guy who works for the NFL network by the name of Matt Harmon was our guest on that show. And he used to do this thing called the receiver, but like it had a little, and he would have, he was just an early analytics guy. All right. But that's what I went and did. Um, that's the show. We got to ice some fools up and then get the hell out of here. Um, my ice up pick, I'm going to go ahead and just make this move this along. I don't really have um, hmm, a lot of great ones. The ones I have, I can't say on the air in case my mom is watching. I did have one. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, so I got an Oculus. Like, uh, oh, I know what you because uh, maybe I do. Uh, oh, did you get into maybe. that? Did you get into that? Yeah, that, that real, uh, that real, um, that that virtual <laughs> reality, <laughs> baby. Is, uh, <laughs> uh, but I know that we know. I bought one used, uh, my boys, oh, what? Boy, he had it, and my kids, like, it's cool, it's cool stuff. It's just way but more bizarre, it's better than you would think it is. Like oh, everything on the Oculus, like every like I put it, I was like, oh, we're gonna look at some three D. We're gonna play this game, and you're like, oh shit, this is crazy. We played a Walking Dead game. Yep, pretty cool, pretty cool. Uh, but my eyes pick is the Montreal Canadiens who got their ass whacked by, uh, in the first game of the Stanley Cup playoffs by Tampa Bay, and it's kind of I'm sad that I'm icing y'all up, but you probably don't got what it takes to beat Tampa Bay, man. Tampa Bay just look leap, just a reigning uh, NHL. Stanley Stanley Cup champs look like uh, it's going to be easy work for them. So uh, Montreal, I hate Tampa. So ice up, get it together, and get it together on the ice. All right, who's next? You go, Cody. Yeah, uh, so I'll go ahead and share this because I actually saved this uh, two weeks ago, but I had forgotten about it, and I'm just now remembering it. So a few weeks ago, HBO had this thing happen where HBO Max, um, well, I'll just read their tweet. They put, we mistakenly sent out an uh, empty test email to a portion of our HBO Max uh, mailing list this evening. We apologize for the inconvenience. And as the jokes pile in, yes, it was the intern. No, really. And we're helping them through it. Through it. So it was like a common thing on Twitter that like everyone's trying to reassure this intern that made this big fuck up that, hey, it's okay, people fuck up. And one of them is the reply to that tweet. And it's this woman named Cassie, and I just thought that this was hilarious. She put, dear intern, I was using my desktop calendar to make a monthly note of when I started my menstrual period. But after several months, I realized I was making that note on a calendar I shared with all of my colleagues company-wide. I was 37 years old. And I've read that. I'm like, oh, my God. What kind of a dumbass did you have to feel like? Upon reading that, that you've been letting your entire uh, set of colleagues know when you start your period, <laughs> like, oh, dude, that has to feel so terrible. I'm calling so, out of work today, Cassie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. It's yeah. the week before that's the worst. If you have a wife, you know this. It's the week before for me, and it's like it's the buildup, and you're like, that's oh. <laughs> all shit. Cassie's gonna be on the rag. You know, today's gonna be fucking hell. <laughs> no. Team building workshop this yeah. week. <laughs> oh, I just thought that was uh I thought that was funny. I thought that was worth worth sharing. And um, I wonder what the email was. I hope somebody told us. Like, what the hell did they say? Well, like they what you mean the HBO one? Yeah, I like yeah, it was it was just like uh can you believe we're raking these guys over the coals for it was like so something <laughs> about like a promotion. And to see if they were signed up for it, but it turned out to just be bullshit that like nobody was actually even paying attention to. But um, I don't know. I thought that was funny. I thought it was worthy of an ice up pink. So um, you know, 
ice up to Cassidy, although she was trying to make someone feel better. So I guess I can't ice her up too hard. But yeah, that was funny. Shout out to Diesel Drew left his first message on the cat calls line 252-228-5098. You better be one of many. And homie, if you are, are new to the show, I feel like I've seen your name around before, but uh, wait until this season gets popping, that post game gets come on. You think that this show's long, it's gonna go on and on and on. The last call served. All right, uh, CK, you got ice up, and I did, but I completely forgot it. Like, I, I was had it ready, and I remember I was like the entire time, I'm like, I better not forget this when it comes to it. Um, uh, but I'm, I don't I'm sitting put here it on your menstrual calendar. That's what I need, I need to write them down, I guess, because like, no, I always. Like when I do have one, I always forget it. So what I started doing forever ago, when I find something that I think is worthy of an ice up, I have a little favorites folder and I just add it to that ice up folder. Yeah, you got to. Yeah. I have just, I've been, uh, my thing with the ice ups is I've been staying away from like society a lot. Like I haven't been in like looking too far into news and oh I know, I, actually you know what I'm gonna ice up oh this is here I'm gonna give you your ice up pick this is my honorary one to the people who knew about the nine million dollars in repairs that need to be done to that building oh my god in dude. Miami for the last three years since 2018 have you seen the video of that building collapsing? I haven't seen the video. Yeah. I saw the aftermath. Dude, you have to go watch the video. Well, I mean, you don't have to. Is that it's <sighs> fucking crazy, dude? Like the whole middle of this building comes down, and then the right side in just like five seconds. They My said mom people is inside could hear it, pinging, yeah. cracking. My mom is convinced it was a controlled demolition. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that I don't like, dude. Especially in today's world. What am I supposed to say? No, it wasn't, dude. I don't know shit about well, I mean, how can you say it is though. I mean, you can't say that. I, I do uh, hear is that there was there was needed repairs. They knew about nine million dollars worth of repairs from going back to 2018. I heard some people have said that uh, it's got to do. It's like shedding light on the larger problems facing in the United uh, States as a whole, in the sea, like these coastal cities. Ultimately, Miami being like the foundation. They said the foundation was salt too. Somebody said this again. I haven't read a lot about it. This or that. Yeah. You know, it, for all I know, it could be a controlled demolition. But either way, what if you did that? Then it was a terrorist act because there were like ninety. There's like hundreds of people. There's like a hundred people. There. People were living in the fucking building, dude. Yeah. Like they were living. I, mean, in it. I don't necessarily think that it was a controlled demolition. Like I, I mean. I get why people, you know, uh, want to, you know, believe those things because, I mean, obviously, when you look at it, yeah, I mean, that's it those things like don't happen every day, right now, right? The, those things right don't now. happen every day. But I mean, the part that I think is is the bigger, like you said, even even beyond that, is the way that our 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 like how many times is some this? I know this isn't something that happens all the time, but like this exact scenario happened in London where that one apartment building uh, fell down, like it just completely collapsed. And it was because of uh, somebody else. They had an engineer go in there and they gave them these warnings that the structure wasn't strong enough and nobody did anything about it. Yeah. Like, and it, it's, it's, it's becoming like, I mean, listen, our infrastructure as a, as the entire country right now, I, I, there's a reason that our infrastructure is falling apart. Like it's because we don't invest in it. 
Um, and it's because a lot of the people that are investing in it, like, you know, Korea or something like that, obviously they have their own problems, but I mean, we need to, we really need to focus on the infrastructure of this country, man. It's just going to fall apart. Like might be a wake up to landlords. Yeah. Uh, There's a Florida is notorious for sinkholes. That's what a lot of people thought it was at first because the type of uh, stone that is like prevalent under, under, yeah, limestone, it's super corrosive to water. Like if water, you can put some of it under a hose and you can watch the stone just melt away. And like that's literally what Florida is built on top of. Like they have crazy sinkholes. Well, and we yeah. as a, I mean, we 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 tap into our our water, you know, groundwater a lot. And like Italy's been having this issue in one of their towns where like their entire city is sinking. Like it's like going like it's insane because they're it's using the water. Yeah, I think it yeah. was also built on the water. Like it's like a floating city. Well, no, I'm talking about one that like they're they're utilizing they're they're the the water that is supplying their city oh. is directly underneath them. Like and there's yeah, groundwater. It all out, and now and they're like pump. It's just sinking, yeah. And so like every year, it sinks like six inches. Crazy. All right, uh, that's the C3 Panthers podcast uh, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Every Tuesday night, check us out. Smash the thumbs up button. And be a part of the show. Follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Where can they check you out, Cody? Yeah, you can find me at uh, Cody Lack. At gmail.com. I mean, no. <laughs> the way, by the way, and if so you want to email them, you can do that too. And you know what? That that actually that actually is my email, but I almost never uh check it for anything other than like really this podcast and draft tech stuff. So even if you wanted to message me there, I probably wouldn't respond to you. But on Twitter, uh Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Uh, my social is two two. No, I'm just playing. No, won't do that. Uh, <laughs> and you can find all this stuff on Draft Tech, uh, and uh, that's every Wednesday. So sweet. All right, that's me. CK, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, um, Twitter, Instagram. I mean, you can find me everywhere, really. Um, and it's Codizel Allen, pretty much everywhere. So just go look me up. Um, I uh, I do stuff. He streams stuff. He makes videos and stuff. Now he's becoming a movie producer and stuff. Uh, all right, man. Thanks, guys, for your help tonight. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. Until then, keep pounding. Pounding. Oh yeah. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.